welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Smoking is not permitted in this auditorium. It's the law. Certificates are available at the box office. Thanks for helping us keep the theater clean. As you exit the auditorium, please deposit litter in trash receptacles in the lobby. Please be considerate and don't talk during the show. to the movie graveyard we are just sending summer movie going season off with a bang talking about one of the biggest big action summer movies of all time starring the biggest movie star of all time that's right we are finally breaking down top gun the original the original you're excited you're so excited that's how good top gun is but we're breaking well, it down. Well, you set it up. So excited. Yeah. <laughs> we're breaking it down with Tom here. We're just going to roll right into it. we got to pause at the beginning of the Blu-ray. we got to pause on the opening Paramount logo. got it right where it says Paramount, a Gulf Western company, which that's how I always knew it. And later I found out Gulf Western was like an oil company that bought Paramount. It's uh-huh. weird. Yeah. So it's eight seconds on the Blu-ray. I'm not sure if you 4K guys or DVD guys, it would be exactly the same, but... We're going the very opening Paramount logo. So I'm going to say one, two, three, go. And when I say go, please hit play on your remotes. All right, everybody, remote in hand. One, two, three, go. Is Paramount still a Gulf and Western company? No, no, no. Mm. Paramount is now a Viacom company where it's been slowly dying on the vine for the last 25 years thanks to Sumner Redstone. But yeah, this is the old days. This is not just a Jerry Bruckheimer film. This is a Don Simpson Jerry Bruckheimer film when uh, the two partners are both still alive. Unfortunately, Don Simpson died of a heart attack, I think, in the late 80s, early 90s. But yeah. And here we have the opening thing, just letting you know that uh, in 1969, the United States Navy established an elite school for the top 1% of those pilots. They succeeded. Today, the flyers call it, and then they make you wait for it. I was like in such anticipation. Like, what is what is the, the, the <laughs> fighter pilot school? Oh, it's called Top Gun. And they flip to the, yeah, with the, uh, what do you call it, the, 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 the title screen. And then we get like like right off the bat, we're already like into like some awesome eighties montage mode here, with uh, we're going into the danger zone. Which I gotta say, that, like revisiting this movie first time I watched it in years. This yeah. is my first ever viewing of yeah. it. I've never watched this movie before. Yeah, and I have to preface it saying. It's because I refuse to watch Tom Cruise for a long time. If you haven't heard previous episodes with me on it, like I wasn't watching Tom Cruise because of his Scientology history. Yeah. But then uh, he won me over this year, so. Yeah. (laughs) And now, now we're still in opening credits. So tell everybody how did Tom win you over? Because he's trying to save the movie industry. (laughs) Yeah, he is. It's so sad and dying, and he's. He was out there trying so hard to advertise for his for Mission Impossible and just constantly with his script that he would go to every interview <laughs> talking about yeah, he had, we, we, seeing theaters on a big screen and that's yeah. what he makes movies for and it was just, as much as he was being repetitive, it was also kind of inspiring. Maybe it was a Scientology trick, I don't know, but it just, uh, I don't know, I just... 
I'm sad that the move, the cinema industry is in such shambles at this yeah. point. So just hearing him, how hard he was trying to save it, and you know him being so enthusiastic and and really inspiring about it, talking about his love and passion for it, like it just it made me just not care about the other stuff anymore. Yeah. I've gone to that phase of my life where I just don't care about things like that. Anymore. Well, also too though, like. Like unlike uh, like modern day movie stars like Ra- the the giant worldwide phenomenon Rachel Ziegler, uh, mm-hmm. Tom Tom will just like he'll pump you up with positivity to get you in the theater. He doesn't tell you how stupid you are for being a fan of old movies and stuff. Like he he embraces the tradition. He doesn't talk about how much he hates the movies that he spent time doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard any, like that's one thing I've never heard Tom all the movies he did even his early movies I never heard him say like, you know, like Ben Affleck, um uh Ryan Reynolds, they make a career uh, of shitting on their movies. Oh, well, they do. They make a, you know, uh, Daredevil was shit, blah blah blah, you know, Green Lantern was shit, and I'll go see my movie, and then, like, if it doesn't make money, then it becomes shit automatically, too. But, like, Tom's not like that. Tom's, like, I, I call Tom the greatest showman, because he never gives up. He's And he, like, even in some of those interviews, he constantly was, like, calling back to, like, all those movies that he, like, his first movies he did with big stars, like, yeah. and how um, appreciative he was to be able to work with them. Yeah, and, like, also, too, like, Tom really puts his money where his mouth is, like, during the really, like, the heart and soul of the pandemic era, he flew to France to uh, see uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet in in a movie theater, and, like, they filmed Tom, and he was in there, and he was, like, you know, he had his he had his little mask on and stuff, and like when the the movie ended, the lights came up. He like he jumped up and he was clapping, giving a standing applause, and then like everybody around him started clapping too. So I mean, and like also too, like it, like I feel like he didn't have to like lower himself, but he actually went on while he was doing all the promotional tours for uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. He actually because he got talked about it, asked about it so much, he had to keep going on promising that he was going to go and. Um, don't say it. Yeah, go see uh, uh, Opany or whatever it's called. And then, like, you know, it's a, like the fact that the man had a pro... He wasn't even allowed... Mission Impossible, he was the first major studio production to go back into production during the COVID era. And he got zero credit for that. He got everybody back to work. He was on the, on the phone. Well, he studio. did get credit for being an asshole for yelling yeah, at everybody. Because he told everybody, like, I'm, I'm trying to convince the studios to let us make movies again. And then, like, everybody who just came around to him, like, there's whatever. And then he had to go promote their movies for them. Mm-hmm. Like, they could, they weren't even promoting their movies because, um, um, fucking, uh, what's her name? Um, it was just going around doing fashion shows instead of, like, fucking, like, actual movie production. Margot promo- Robbie? Well, no, yeah, not just her, just, like, everybody. Like, that was the studio's plan to promote that movie was they weren't... I mean, they did do movie premieres, but, like, the thing was they turned the movie premieres into, into fashion shows to turn them into mini Met Galas. It's like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. The Met Gala is like, a big thing. It doesn't need to be, like, yeah. promoted. You know what I mean? Like, like you need, you need to be like Tom. He's he, he's in He's, like, in the grubby like back rooms of the movie theaters on their old couches that the employees sit on and fucking smoke cigarettes and drink coffee on and he's in there eating popcorn and they're taking videos of him and he's telling you to go to the theater when when we saw uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 uh 
Tom filmed a, a video just for that theater because hmm. he, was, he wasn't just like, oh, welcome back to the movies. He said, thanks for coming to summer. His yeah. voice was blown, too. He must have been promoting up so much. I forgot about that. Yeah, so, I mean, hmm. like... Like, before the movie started, there was yeah. a little, like, kind of clip video of him and uh, the director, director yeah. and just saying thank you for coming he literally just said the same script thank you for yeah. coming to watch this on a big screen we hope you like it and it was cool because I felt like he was talking to me <laughs> yeah I, I felt like he was sincere in what he was saying though yeah. I mean he obviously said he probably filmed the same video for every single yeah. theater chain out there you, you know he was like fucking he was just like he was probably rolling his eyes but he just did it anyway they're like like okay tom now do it for harkins theaters now do it for brenda he's probably like i've never even heard of these theaters honestly i don't even think he i don't even think he went that way because he just genuinely seems like he's trying to save the movie industry yeah. so i think he would have sat there and done like 100 different brands of theaters and just hoping that they all stay alive. <laughs> and then when his movie came out, he went to the theaters. Yeah. He he showed up. And he like, was doing surprise yeah. like, appearances yeah. as a viewer, not yeah. to go and be like, I'm here, here's some autographs. He was yeah. going to go sit in the theater as a viewer of the movie because his whole thing is he loves sitting in a, in a real audience and seeing the reaction to yeah. the movies. Yeah, I, you know, even if you don't like his movies because he pretty much only is allowed to make Mission Impossible movies now, that's all he has time for. Like, uh, I, w- I would just say, like, you know, just appreciate the fact that he's, like, you know, he's not, not that he's an old guy, but in terms of, like, pe- f- current figures of Hollywood, he kind of is the elder statesman of, mm. you know, promoting the movie industry and, and not, like, you know, everybody else is just like, oh, I'll make a movie. I don't care if it goes on streaming and nobody sees it as long as I got to make my movie. Tom's not like that. He wants the world to see it. He wants the world to eat popcorn. Do you think he was really, like, in those, like, in some kind of jet when he was filming those? Because, like, he gets, like, there's a lot of moments in this movie where he looks like he's, like, losing air or something. Yeah, I don't think he was in a But it doesn't look like it's part of a, like, script. No. Well, I I mean, except for the one part later on, but... Like, this beginning part, like, he genuinely looked like he was, like, kind of, his hair was getting, his head was getting lightheaded or something. Yeah. So this is the opening (laughs) thing. I really wish they would have done this. Yeah, like, like, Tom's already a fighter pilot at this point. He's Maverick. He's got Goose with them. And they're just flying around the Indian Ocean protecting airspace and some, uh, some MiGs come. And, and Tom's not allowed to shoot them down, so what he does is he goes upside down and he flies over top of them. It's like the one special effects shot that wasn't a real plane. And uh, he has Goose take a puller to the guy while Maverick flips him off. And now this, they, like, I forgot, like, how this opening part, it seems, like, kind of silly. But, it, like, this really sets the whole basis for the rest of the movie. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We're not talking about the movie. It's setting yeah. up a lot of stuff. Because the other, the other pilot and the other jet, John Stockwell, and his co-pilot's actually Tim Robbins, but... He actually freaked out because the MiG had a missile lock on him, but he wasn't like the other plane wasn't really trying to shoot them down. It was just like an intimidation factor. Yeah. But the the guy got so scared that he lost his shit, and then like he almost crashes the plane landing it. Like he fucks up when he tries to land the plane. So like this guy Cougar, I think his name, yeah, John Stockwell. John Stockwell. People don't know he was the guy who played the the jock guy with the broken leg in uh, uh, John Carpenter's Christine movie. Did you say this was Tim Robbins? Yeah, Tim Robbins is the co is the co pilot in the back. Really, Merlin? Yeah, and he flies with Maverick later after Goose dies. What the heck? Yeah, but um, he looks so different. I know. 
Like, I think Tim Robbins, his biggest movie, because I'm pretty sure this came out like, 86, his biggest movie before this was, like, only, like, Fraternity Vacation or something. Like, he hadn't really done any, like, big movies yet. Huh. But, uh, but yeah, so, like, Cougar was, like, the best pilot, but because he, he kind of, like, washes out here, and he actually resigns because he's got a wife and kid at home and he feels like he almost died so he lost his shit and they're like no you'll you'll be okay you know we'll get you back in the air and you'll just forget about this but he's like no like i want to quit so like that means maverick rises up the list of pilots here in the navy which means he's going to get selected him and goose are going to get selected to go to top Mm. gun but also to this maneuver that that maverick pulled this risky maneuver um, of going upside down and flipping the guy off, like it actually makes Maverick like kind of a legend within the the Navy pilots. People are like, "Oh, we can't believe you actually did it!" And like, like that maneuver is actually why Kelly McGillis falls in love with him. Like later on, it's weird. Well, so like they're telling him he, he's like the guy was supposed to come follow him to go back, and they're running low on fuel, and he was gonna go land, but he was like, "No, I can't leave him up there." Oh, there is that Tim Robbins. Yeah, that's Tim Robbins. Merlin. Yeah. So then, like, he's, they're telling him to come back, and he's, like, he starts landing, and then he's, like, no, I gotta go help him. So then he goes back up. So, like, you see that he's, like, very, he's a good uh, co-pilot kind of guy. Yeah. Which is funny, because Tom went back up there and risked him and Goose's life just so he could fly next to the plane and look at the guy and be, like, you're okay, you're okay. Yeah. But I think it would it helps probably to see, you know, another jet next to you. Yeah. And just, you could look over and know that he's talking to you, you know? Yeah. Like, he's trying to guide him in, tell yeah. him what to do, kind of. Like, he's telling him you're too low, pull up, pull the low. Yeah. wobbly. Yeah. But the thing that's crazy is, like, you know, I, we'll get into it a little bit more, but as the film goes on, but this was really Tom's, like, really huge. Like, he was a known actor because of Risky Business at this point, but this is where he became a superstar Mm -hmm. actor. And it's funny that the whole, like, opening ten minutes of the movie, he's just got, like, the mask on his face the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like, you can barely even tell it's Tom, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you can tell it's Tom because we all know what Tom Cruise looks like, but they're really not showing his face. Yeah. He barely made it. That was the hardest part of the uh, Top Gun video game was trying to land on the aircraft (laughs) character. Hardest game ever. I don't think I ever got past, like, the first or second level. Yeah. I'm blanking on the actor's name here, but the bald-headed actor, he was great in this small role, too. He also played the the uh, the principal that was always busting uh, Marty McFly's uh, balls in uh, Back to the Future. Is that the guy that was in... I kept trying to... I forgot to look it up. We were watching some other movie, and there was a guy that was in it. We were talking about how he never appeared in anything again or whatever. Like, he didn't really do that many movies. Mm. Is this that guy? or No. Th- yeah, th- this guy went on to a lot. I think you're thinking of Randall Battenkoff, that mm. big tall guy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but John Stockwell was in pretty many movies, and then... Um, oh, th- this guy? Yeah, him. Oh. And then uh, he became a... Uh, a director. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I recognize his face. Yeah. And then, of course, Goose, Anthony Edwards, he was famous at this time for playing, uh, d- d- damn, it's not Lewis, he's the other one, I forget, but he was one of the nerds in Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know he was in that. Yeah. And, like, when they did Revenge of the Nerds Part 2, like, he, like, really didn't want to be in it. I can't remember if he had a cameo or if they just wrote him out or what, but it was whack as fuck. Because he was really, like, <laughs> the co-lead of the original Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> but, yeah. 
And then, like, they talk about how reckless Maverick is. He's a great pilot, but he always does shit. Like, he keeps flying over the tower all low to scare people all the time. And, like, they said he's done it five times and he keeps doing it. They're going to kick him out of the Navy. It's like, it's like, why is Maverick so crazy? I typed in Top Gun to try and look up the cast, and they're yeah. just showing me the cast for the new one. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like the new one is all that matters anymore. Like, jeez, hello. It wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this one. Yeah, this is like such a classic movie for 30 years, but now it's forgotten because something came out last summer. I am, like, like weirding out that that's Tim Robbins. I totally yeah. just did not see that. That is so yeah. weird. I mean, most of the scenes, he's in the cockpit with the mask on. You can't really tell him. I think there's only, like, one or two scenes where you see him. James. Yeah, James Tolkien, yeah. He James Tolkien also, when he was in grade school, he wrote The Lord of the Rings. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That was when he was going back by his initials, J.R.R. Tolkien. But yeah, he also played the uh, the cop and um, like this is like a weird bit of trivia. Like normally I wouldn't mention this kind of thing, but he played the cop in uh, Masters of the Universe. Mm. And then uh, what's weird is for years, even when he was a grown adult man, Anthony Edwards was getting molested by the director of Masters of the Universe. Oh god! Yeah, Jeez. like apparently he met that guy when he was a teen actor, and like. The the guy the director guy of Masters of the Universe was like molesting him and like a bunch of friends. And what was weird was like it still went on even like once they were like adults, I guess. So I gotta say, like this movie, like I was kind of weirded out with Tom Cruise in this movie because, like, we've watched a few of his movies of him when he was younger, like yeah. younger than this, yeah, like the um just doing it or whatever it's called losing it losing just it. doing it just do it probably it. <laughs> probably would have made more money if they would have called it just doing it yeah. that one and then uh in mexico it had an even he had even a better title it was called everybody's fucking that's what they called it in mexico it was that one and then we saw him in uh all the right moves all the right i think i was like mixing those two titles up yeah um somehow um but uh like, he was, like, super young in those, and, like, he was playing high school age type, kind of, really. Yeah. And then, in this one, like, he's older, but he's, his face is still such a baby face, and it's yeah. so, like, there were so many, like, parts in this movie where I kept seeing that baby face, and I was kind of, like, feeling like, he's too young for this role. Like, it was strange. Yeah. Like, this was, it was a strange thing watching him in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't really know what the true age range is of, like, fighter pilots. I would think... Well, they've got to be out of high school. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I would think that they would probably be more in the range of upper 20s. Like, I know you can't be, like, super old, mm. like, flying planes because of reflexes and shit, but, yeah, like, and plus it is physically, especially fighter pilots, it's, like, physically demanding, but, like, I would think they would be more in, like, I would, like, Tom really seems like he's, like, mid-20s here, so, like, I don't think it's, like, completely out of the realm of possibility but yeah i think this was very much the because like i mean adrian pazdar is one of the the background pilots val mm -hmm. kilmer's still really young val kilmer just did real genius right before this um everybody's probably is legitimately a couple years younger at least two three four years younger than probably what their real life counterparts would be 
And then there were some parts where, like, I could see him, like, how he is now, older. You know, like, I don't know, it was so strange. It was weird. Like, I just kept coming in and out of him being a kid and then being a man. It is weird. (laughs) He was legit, like, Britney Spears, not a man, not a boy, not yet a man. (laughs) Like, it was weird. (laughs) And they they set up, like, here, like, he he could be really playing, like, like, a college, like, sophomore right there. Yeah. Tom Skerritt's kind of the lead. Tom Skerritt and uh, Michael Ironside, two two good casting choices here to play the the main kind of instructor instructors of Top Gun. I, I like seeing them again. It's just weird seeing this movie and seeing everybody like so young again. And then it's funny because it's like he's like cocky, but then he's not. Like I don't yeah. know. He, I, this this was one of those movies that like wasn't like for as famous as it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't what I thought it, how it was going to be. Like, there, I have that experience with a lot of movies that are, like, really popular that I haven't seen yet. Yeah. And then when I watch them, I'm like, that was not what I thought it was going to be. Not what you were led to believe, or Not so much led to believe. I just, over the years, I just kind of going by, you know, people's reactions to it or how people, you know, talk about it or whatever. Like, I just kind of get an image of the movie, so to speak. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, like, for me, this one, I got the impression that it was going to be, like, this manly, like, cool guy kind of fighter pilot movie, and it's, yeah, the guys are cool, but I don't know, like, I didn't really think it was that much the way everybody, like, would talk about it. I think probably for, like, the teenage girls at the time... Because, like, whatever age they're supposed to be... I mean, everybody went to see this movie, don't get me wrong, but the people that were probably really into it, I think it probably been been more like the teenage girls. Like, I think they would really have been crushing on a, 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 a kind of 50-50 between Tom and Val Kilmer. Because, mm. like, everybody used to, like, when the... You know, before, like, recent times when the sequel came out and shit, but, like, back in the day, like, you heard just as much about Iceman as you did Maverick yeah. and shit. And, like, when you watch the movie now, like... Which is funny, because he's really not in it that much. Like, uh, yeah, Iceman's not in it, and he's really, like, not that cool. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like, the main competition that Tom has, because Top Gun is not just a school. Like, they're trying to win first yeah. place in it um, through the training. But, like, yeah, like, like Iceman, he just, he, I don't know, like, it's weird. Like, he's, he, it's like he's there, and he's, like, a prick, and him and, like, Tom or Tawny each other. But, like, the way I always remembered it was, like, Iceman was kind of, like, the villain of the movie, but, like, yeah. he's, like, really not, like, he, like, next shot, like, he's really I not. I don't know, like, I feel like he is, like, in the end, like, the way, like, what ends up happening to Goose, well, yeah. like, I feel like the dude, like, I mean, we'll get there, but, like, I don't know, like, I kind of feel like he's not a good guy, like, I don't yeah. know, and, like, it just kind of gets ignored, like, it doesn't, like, nobody really, like, I've never heard anybody talk about you know, Iceman being a little bitch or whatever. Well, it, it's it, it's like a weird um, thing too, where it's like, oh god, those teeth, Ugh. Tom's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had to get his cap redone because he mm. had it had it taken off for the Outsiders. And he had to get it put I could not stop looking at that when we were watching it. Yeah, and Tom's front teeth are like really shifted to the side, like I was telling you when we were watching. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like. Like, I don't know, like, there's, like, the weird thing at the end, too, where, like, everything's okay between him and Iceman, just because he's... <laughs> All of a sudden. Yeah, he's one, he's, like, kind of 
like Maverick has like won over Iceman's approval, and it's like shouldn't it be the other way around? Like yeah. like Maverick's the hero of the movie, you know what I mean? Here's the famous scene. Yeah, and I gotta say, these guys were singing so terrible. <laughs> I think that was the point. I think it's supposed to be a humorous moment. Oh Tom God. grabs the microphone in the bar and he starts singing You Lost That Love and Feeling, which, like, as a kid, I had no idea, like, what this was. Like, I like I had never heard that song as a kid. So, like, when this was in the movie, like, I, I had no sort of, like, whatever. But, like, all the guys in the bar join in mm-hmm. and singing it. And they're all singing at Kelly McGillis because she's apparently the hottest girl in the bar. Well, it's apparently a thing, though, because, like, yeah. when Tom was talking to, when Matt was talking to Goose about it, he was like, I think she's lost that loving feeling. And he was like, no, man, no. Like, so it seems like a thing with them. Yeah. Well, that's why she even says, how many girls have you done this to? And then, But then he's like, well, you're only the second one. And it's just kind of like, yeah. it seemed like something they did in every bar they went to or something. <laughs> and the fact that, like, all the guys knew the song, like, it kind of made you think, like, they do this all the time. So I have to say, like, I wasn't into this lady. I don't know. Yeah, let's I talk just... about Kelly McGillis, because she's got kind of the one ingredient <sighs> of Top Gun that's been lost over the years. Yeah, like, I just can't, I couldn't, like, they're just, like, the weirdest match. Like, she seems, yeah. like, way too old for him, but I think it's only because he's got that super young baby face. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't really know, like, how old she was during this movie when yeah, she I don't made it, either. but, like, I don't know, like, the fact that he looked like such a little boy, like, it just, I just didn't like him, or like her for him. Like, the fact that it looked like, um, uh, he was dating, like, his aunt or something. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, and then, like, she was, yeah, I mean, I guess she was kind of frumpy most of the time, I don't know, like, I just couldn't get into her being, like, the love interest of the movie. Yeah. It was too, uh, so she for me. You know, I'm looking at real life here. She is only five years older than Tom. Wow. Tom's born in 62. She was born in 57. So this movie came wow. out in 86. So she just by, has an older Probably face. when they filmed it, she was probably 28. Oh, my God. Yeah. She looks like she belongs with that man. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because later Tom's like, oh, you're with this old guy. Uh, I shouldn't like, say that. She doesn't look that old. No. But she just looked, looks way older than him. Not five years. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Like, it's... I mean, I know what you're saying, but, like... I think for the... the, the <laughs> He's the, such a dork. <laughs> I know. Like, he kind of reminds me in this scene, like, how he was in Losing It. <laughs> When he yeah. was like hitting on Shelly Long and, and his pants all hiked. They should have just got Shelly Long to come back. <laughs> she she would have been there. No, I like yeah, like kind of what you're expressing with Kelly McGillis. A lot of people have expressed, and I think she mm. just, you know, not that she like aged terribly. She just looked her age and maybe a little bit more. And it's like yeah, like she kind of like faded away really quick. Like she did this in that one movie I think called Witness with the uh, Harrison Ford. And that's all I really ever knew her from. And, like I think she just kind of left acting. You know, probably in her late 30s or something like Look that. Look at the eye contact he's making with her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Tom, he's, like, looking into her soul. <laughs> yeah, Tom's trying to bang right here in this bathroom. Oh he's God. he's not taking no for an answer. I just couldn't stand when he would smile in this movie. Boy. I never wanted him to smile because those teeth are so gnarly. Yeah. And then how you were saying, like, you could see, like, 
the whole like how dirty their teeth were. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was telling you. Like, like nobody has white teeth in it. like Andy Edwards, man. He had, like little dark pebbles for teeth right there. Like they were so bad. <laughs> like it just like because it's just like we like we didn't have any whitening toothpaste back then. Like yeah. like none of that shit existed. It's just like and you know it like. Back then, everybody either smoked or drank coffee or drank soda. Like, that's what stained my teeth over the years, just drinking soda all the time. Here we get introduced to who she really is. Yeah, we find out she's a, oh. she's a civilian, but she's a technology advisor. She knows a lot about the aircraft or the enemy that they're, you know, always fighting against and stuff. She's got a lot of military clearance. Yeah, military clearance. <laughs> And I like I do like the scene here though, like Tom puts on his glasses and he's trying to hide his face. He's like, Oh, like the girl that totally shot me down last night. So here's a callback to the beginning when she's trying to say that it can't go inverted. Yeah. And he's saying, Oh yes it can. Yeah, because he has the proof <laughs> that he's done it. When he's done it, yeah. And he's saying that he has the picture. <laughs> yeah. And of course, like uh this kind of sets up the con, but this is what I'm saying. Like the whole movie, look at Adrian Pazdar in the background, just fucking brooding up a storm. But um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, obviously Tom was always going to be the lead because you know he was the biggest name in the cast, kind of. But like, I'm curious, like all these other guys, like how much their like roles probably got shifted around during casting and stuff. I mean. I gotta say, like, this cast is a bunch of hotties. Mm. <laughs> Maybe except for Anthony Edwards. <laughs> oh, he, he's pretty studly, though. Like, when you look at this and you look like just, like, a few years after they filmed this movie, like, yeah. <laughs> but Anthony, I mean, any, this is the best hero look. As a female, any man in a uniform is gonna be studly. It, yeah. They will automatically become super hot once they put that, put a uniform on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not so much that he's not studly. He's just like super. I think it's that mustache to me. It makes him look dorky. <laughs> yeah, but I know that's a style. So I mean, I think I think they probably had him grow the mustache to look more like <laughs> macho, kind of. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, to look more manly. Yeah, instead of like a kid. <laughs> yeah, R- forgot to say Rick Rossovich, the big studly Rick Rossovich is a uh, Iceman's uh, co-pilot. Mm. Later, you, you see why he got casted in the volleyball scene. He's, like, the most ripped one. <laughs> People don't know he was the boyfriend who got uh, beat up and killed by the Terminator in the first Terminator movie. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of banter back and forth, rude banter back and forth. I know, I can't believe they're talking like that in front of a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Flipping her off and everything. I think it's kind of like baptism by fire. They're kind of like, oh, you want to be here doing this job, lady? Like, yeah. We're going to show you what's really like. Now, you pointed it out right away. You couldn't believe it was it was so prominent, but you could see it in that last shot when he put his glasses back on. Is Tom's working a serious unibrow in this film? Oh my god! <laughs> Why don't you talk about that for a second? I just can't believe that he had it. Like, no, I guess just it wasn't a thing. But it's yeah. just so funny that like now it's a thing, and but people still love this movie, and nobody cares. Like nobody's ever commented about that. Yeah. There's not much to say about it. I just couldn't believe it. Like, some of the shots, I was just like, dang, that dude's eyebrow's gnarly. Yeah, it's like a weird <laughs> thing that some people just rock a unibrow and don't really care about it. Like, to me, it's like, it always kind of makes you look like more Cro-Magnon, kind of like yeah. ancient man. Kinda. He sure doesn't have it anymore. I was looking at this stuff in the background. Did you notice that? Yeah. They have, like, I'm assuming... 
people who died. Yeah, they have like paintings on the wall of like airplanes, and it has a, a a date on the airplane and, and two guys' names at the end. It's got to be real, right? Do you think they filmed at a real place? Yeah, that's one thing I, I didn't look up is didn't see if they really filmed this. I oh, mean, I just noticed how that thing looked like a turned into an eagle. The yeah, the, the plane. Exhaust. <laughs> This was one thing that I was kind of confused about, because I don't really obviously know anything about, like, flying in a jet or whatever. Mm. But, like, I have all, like, any kind of, like, military movie that I've ever watched, I've Mm. never seen the pilots, like, turning around like that to look. To look out the window. Yeah, like, is that really what they did? Like... Yeah, I don't know. I mean... That seems really like I couldn't tell you prehistoric because you do it stuff. Yeah, like that. You, I mean, this is a movie, obviously, but I mean, maybe. I mean, you can't. You, you got to see if like they're coming, how close they're coming to put a lock on you. So maybe you really would. But like, but, but just to take your eyes off the the airspace of where you're flying. Is it just that like pilot, the jets didn't have like the radar yet or something like? Well, I mean, it's not so much that they don't have the radar. It's just you can't really tell what position the plane is. Like you can tell the distance and how far away it is, but you you can't tell if it's getting into a position to where it'd be a lock on to you. You know. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so strange because I've never seen any like pilot in any kind of like military movie doing that. Yeah, yeah, I can't really think of other like even like the Iron Eagle movies. They don't really do that. Yeah. That I can remember, at least. I was watching Iron Eagle on cable the other day, but... Yeah. And this is uh, Michael Ironside. He plays, like, the... You know, as a play. I'm sorry. He he pilots, like, the... Uh, you know, they're doing these training exercises, trying to lock on each other. It's, it's kind of like laser tag. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they don't actually shoot at each other during training, but... Yeah, he's flying the... I don't even know if it's a MiG or if it's, like, a, a, a plane similar guy. to MiG. Yeah. But the one he's flying reminds me of the one that Tom took cording up in it kind of looked like that <laughs> yeah we gotta talk about that we've been watching one of the things i've been watching a lot is uh tom cruise's appearances on james Corden's show because mm-hmm. it would always take him to do like crazy things and one of the things that he took him on was on one of these like a fighter jet or whatever and uh I totally recognized where they were flying was this set where they were flying on this here. Like yeah. there were, there was this part where he flies in between these two rocks or it's like, I don't know, whatever you call that thing. And, uh, it was almost exactly the same shot on, yeah. from the movie. Like <laughs> maybe where they were flying in between. Maybe that's why Tom wanted to go. Cause obviously he, Tom wasn't it's really flying familiar. planes back when he did this one. Yeah. So, and they even say, I forget where they said it is, but Top Gun is like somewhere in California. So uh, it makes sense that that's where Miramar Miramar. Yeah. That's where it makes sense. That's where Tom and uh, James Corden would have went and did that shit. Yeah. Well, I think he said it was Burbank, but mm. unless um, that was another one of the videos. Yeah. I think that was the... I thought they went to... The to, Burbank was the skydiving Was one. it? Uh, I yeah. think so. Yeah, because I thought they flew to, like, that airport wherever they were at doing the plane shit. Oh, that's right. I can't remember now. But, yeah, like, I just thought it was really cool because I was like, hey, that was the shot on the... Oh, this is another famous scene from this movie. Yeah, the the air tower guy. He's drinking his coffee and then buzzing the tower. Tom wants to buzz the tower and it makes the guy like the boom from the airplane going by makes the guy <laughs> like spill his coffee. I wonder if they brought that guy back for the sequel. Boom! Got his oh, coffee spilled on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, like he pisses so many people off when he buzzes the tower like that. Like, I, I can't believe he keeps doing it. He's like, you think he'd get tired just getting ringed out for it? Well, yeah, like, you'd think he would just get in trouble. Yeah. Like, they would do something to him, punish him for doing that. Now, we gotta talk a little bit. We've seen a little bit in the opening kind of scenes, but, like, you start seeing it around this point in the movie more now. It's like, from this point on, the whole rest of the movie, everybody's gonna be either wet or covered in sweat the entire time. Like, it's really nasty. Like, everybody's sweaty. And then, like, when the guys get out of the shower, like, they don't even dry off. They just wrap a towel around their waist and they just drip water everywhere. That's what you do, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like I'm nearly as wet as these motherfuckers are. I do. Yeah. I'm always like, don't you dry yourself off? And you're like, yeah. I, the towel's not big enough. Yeah. <laughs> It was like you wipe the towel over you and then the towel gets full of water. And then I it's... can't believe you said yeah. that. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like these motherfuckers are really good. Like, at least I, like, run the towel over my hair. These fuckers just start combing their hair, dripping wet. I think they're, it's because they're trying to look hot. <laughs> yeah, everybody's. And then, of course, the great, the late, great Tony Scott, unfortunately, we lost him about 15 years ago. Like, I liked his shooting style, just everything looking pretty, everything looking glossy. Mm -hmm. He always pumped a lot of smoke into the air, so that's why everything looks all hazy. Yeah, the guy bumps into a nerd carrying coffee, so he gets more coffee. Why did you show me that Quentin Tarantino video now? I can't stop seeing that. Did you see what he just said? About what? I want somebody's butt right yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, why did you show me that? Because like, I want to get your opinion or you think that's really what Top Gun for those two. Well, now that's what I'm going to think it's about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that scene when, when she's in the elevators coming up in, you know, a little while, we'll we'll get to it. I, I was going to wait and bring it up then. But now I can't stop seeing it for the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so... He doesn't tell Maverick this right away, but Tom Skerritt tells to uh, to uh, Ironside. They're talking like, "Yeah, Maverick's good, but he's he's reckless, whatever." And he's like, "I think this is where Skerritt tells Ironside I flew with his old man." So like, Tom doesn't even know it, but Tom Skerritt has. So like, the movie starts kind of slowly unraveling this plot that uh, Tom's dad was a fighter pilot who got killed, but it was like. The, the government, the official cover story, because it was a secret mission, they they, they kind of made it look like he, like, basically died because of his fault or there was yeah. an error. Like, it was just, like, a secret mission, so you couldn't say that he really died in combat. Yeah. So they had to just say, like, oh, he died because, like, he fucked up or whatever. I have to say, like, I thought they, there was more they could have done with that dra- yeah. that dramatic kind of, you know, part of the story. But, like, I, didn't, I was surprised that, like... This movie was strange that there were a lot of things that happened in it, but they kind of, like, were, like, nonchalant. Glossed over, yeah. yeah. That's how movies were back then, though. Like, they didn't really wring the drama out of it, like, the way they do now and make people brooding. So I'm assuming that's probably what Maverick is, because, I mean, so many people, like, like, made such a big deal about it. I'm assuming that's what it's going to be like now, that they're actually going to delve into, like, the dramatic side. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, I gotta admit, though, like, watching this again, though, like, it was kind of, like, it was it was definitely a product of its time, the first Top Gun, but, like, I kind of found that refreshing, I kind of missed that, like, this movie, like, the music's constantly pumping in and out, like, Danger Zone, and Take My Breath <laughs> Away, and the other little score pieces, like, I kind of liked how this movie just felt like a big music video montage, because, like, 
I was like, I mean, obviously we've been wanting to watch this so we could be, you know, be refreshed. I mean, for you, you just never seen it, and I hadn't seen this in its entirety for years. So, like, you know, we want to see Top Gun Maverick and, you know, actually know, like, what's really going on. So, yeah, I was just going to kind of, like, rewatch this out of kind of, like, you know, duty to do it. But, like, I was kind of, like, that constant music and that music video motif and Tony Scott kind of fluffiness, I guess you could say, it kind of, like made me enjoy the movie a lot more because I remember when movies were really like that like the character the backstory it was always just like a few lines of dialogue they would never like go too deep into it that's what I was telling you when you had said that you hadn't seen it since then I had said to you like maybe you'll feel different about it now yeah so he's telling him that he's worried about his recklessness yeah because he has nothing else to do in life so he doesn't want to get kicked out yeah I thought this was a good scene. Yeah, this actually was a good dramatic scene because, you know... Because he's trying to tell him, like, quit your shit. Yeah, like... Because there was getting to a point where I was getting kind of annoyed with him because he was being dumb, you know? Like, he he just was, like... Not that he wasn't taking it seriously because he does take it seriously, but, like, yeah, like, he was just playing around too much and, like... Yeah. You can't really do that when you have a partner. Yeah, because, like, you know, I don't know really if this is the truth how it is, but they... They take them as teams, and, like, they've been flying together, like, all these years. Yeah. So it's kind of like if Maverick fucks up their chances and they get kicked out of Top Gun, like, Anthony Edwards' goose does, too, so. I don't know what it is about this scene, but he looks chunkier. Like, his face is round. I think Like, it goes more into his neck or something. Yeah, I think he actually looks more buff in that scene. (laughs) It might have just been, like, he was just sweating out a lot of water weight in some of the other scenes. Yeah, maybe. See, like, now he looks thinner. Yeah, now now he almost looks uh, like he's ready for losing it, too. <laughs> I think she, I think Kelly McGillis looks kind of good and glamorous in this. I think they were going, you know what I think they were honestly going for with her hair and her makeup and shit? I think they were going through for, like, some Catherine Bacall look or some shit. Like, mm. they weren't going for, like, a really modern 80s looking woman. They were going for, like, a, just a more classic, like... Yeah. film you know uh, not a film fatale obviously but like just a, a female uh romantic lead of yes because they're the i have to say like the, as much as like all the 80s music and shit is in it like this is a movie that's very seems very romantic for like the past and you know military duty and whatnot yeah because like even the way when she comes walking in and they show her from behind with her stockings like that's yeah. totally like a a Vic, 1940s vixen kind of yeah. look so yeah maybe they were trying to have her be more like what they looked like back then yeah and uh i like this where she like gives him his paper back or whatever and like she, like the way she's talking in front of the other guys like is like she's kind of rebuffing his advances but she actually writes on the paper you know come to my house for dinner or whatever and then like the other guys are like making fun of her. rick rossovich being a dick making fun of him and Tom tells him, you stink, and then he gets all self-conscious. That was just such the weirdest, like, thing yeah. to say to him. <laughs> it's like a high school thing. Like, I know. I was like, what? Like, that's supposed to be so insulting. <laughs> it yeah. was weird. Now, here's, like, really the classic scene that everybody talks about, the volleyball Look at Tom. scene. And uh, ripped. Yeah, like, like this is the scene <laughs> where everybody talks about But, like, I could believe it, though, if you were in California and it's hot out. Like, they probably would have, like, a beach pit there, you know? And then he's super... Everybody's just, like, gets super sunburned. Yeah, everybody's super red in summer. Everybody's really ripped. Anthony Edwards is the only one with his shirt still on. <laughs> Good top. Yeah. 
god. I thought it was funny too how like they wrapped up their wrist and their hands to hit that volleyball as hard as they could. <laughs> well, they gotta protect their hands. Everybody slow motion posing, they're all sweaty oiled Except up. Except for Tom. Yeah. He's gotta keep his watch on so he yeah. can Look die. at that look at that rip. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Val Kilmer was in good shape, too. I think, I was telling you this, they don't show him that much, but I think this is the most actually ripped I've ever seen Tom, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I mean, he's obviously always in great shape, but he's, like, super defined oh and ripped. God. He's so, like, Tom Cruise in this scene. It's so funny, uh, the way he's acting. Well, I'm telling you, this is really the beginning of, like, classic era Tom that everybody That car knows. in the background looks like the car that they, like, from the Grease Lightning scene. Oh, yeah, it does. You think that's that car? I mean... You know how when they're flying up in the air at the end of the movie? Yeah. That looks like that car. But these, I mean, this movie was made almost 10 years after, like, after Greece. It, so it'd be hard to track it. Yeah. They probably would keep it somewhere. But you know what's weird? Like, you can see in the parking lot back there, there's, like, old beat-up trucks and shit from, like, the 50s and 60s. Like, that's the thing you don't really see in movies now. Like, now you don't really see movies sitting around that have cars in them from, like, 20 years ago. No. Where I remember in the 80s, like, a lot of people were always driving, like, 60s cars and shit. Like, remember when we watched Johnny B. Good and he was driving that old fucking beat-up, like, weird convertible? Yeah. Like, everybody always drove old cars in the 80s movies. It was weird. Because <laughs> it wasn't that far far back yet. Yeah, but I mean, like, now, like, you like you wouldn't see, like, the main character of any movie now get into, like, a 2002 Chevy, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it just, it just doesn't happen, you know what I mean? It's weird. Because those cars get junk now. Yeah, that's probably true. Back then, people were trying to keep those classic cars running. Yeah. Like, the, a yeah. 2002 Chevy or whatever you just said wouldn't look cool. <laughs> see, Tom was late for his dinner date because he was too busy playing with the boys and that Everybody used to always say that that beach volleyball scene was, like, so homoerotic, but, like, I really didn't think it was at all. Like, nobody was really... Honestly, there were other scenes in this movie. I wasn't going to bring it up, but there were other scenes in this movie where I was just like, uh... Yeah. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Like... Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it in a few scenes, but I, th- I think, I think, like in this this scene in well, particular, well, this kind of is where that started. Yeah, where it started, but Quentin Tarantino's analysis of Top Gun. I thought this was funny. I was like, I came to take a shower. Yeah, he <laughs> and he's shows. Like, up- yes, I do mind. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, like he shows up late. He's like, oh, I'm all sweaty because I was rolling around on the beach <laughs> playing volleyball. And he's like, I just need to take a shower real quick. She's like, no. She's like, I'm hungry. <laughs> She's like, I want to start making dinner already. This was this was a good scene, though. I liked it. I mean, obviously, it's like a romance building scene. But, like, it is kind of where you start to get the, uh, the kind of background story on uh, Tom and, like, what happened with his dad and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's the only pilot that's gone up against a MiG-28 yet. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she's trying to get a promotion, so she's really pumping Tom. He's, like, the only one that's seen this plane in the wild or whatever. I thought this was one of the scenes where he looked like the youngest again, too. Yeah, that this was one of the scenes where it's, I was kind of like, eh, I'm not feeling this. <laughs> like, there's some Mrs. Robinson stuff going on here. Yeah. So up to this point, though, getting back to your, your point of Tom being babyface. But he's not dumb. Like, the way he's talking no. to her, he's not just, like, some dumb, naive young guy. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly banged a lot of women already at this point. It was Navy fighter pilot career. But that's not what I was talking about. I just mean, he's, like, she keeps, like, trying to, like wordplay him or whatever and he's just not going along with it he's like going right back at her yeah 
But, like, Tom really had only played um, high school rules at this point because he did losing it. He did Risky Business, All the Right Moves. Those are all high school characters. And that was, like, the big trio of 83 that came out. So that pumped him up. So he went and did Ridley Scott's Legend right away, which was, like, a a fairy tale film. So who knows what age he was supposed to be in that. And then that bombed. And then, like, he did this movie to, like... uh, which is funny because he went from a Ridley Scott movie to a Tony Scott movie. He just jumped from brother to Scott brother to Scott brother. But uh, this is a really pretty shot. Yeah, it is. It made him look really good there. Yeah, with the sunlight coming in. Mm-hmm. I feel like too, it's like such classic wardrobe too that he has like with the jeans and the white t-shirt. I know. I kind of liked how he was always wearing white t-shirts. <laughs> it yeah. was kind of like cool. Like, I mean, it's very like I'm sure. I mean, I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of the military guys probably wore up dressed like that because it was just all they had underneath yeah. their uniforms. But and then obviously the leather jacket on the motorcycle. It's yeah. funny too because like they always make a big deal out of the motorcycle. Like people, like I guess it's just people seeing Tom on the motorcycle thought it's cool, which which is probably is like where he started. Like honestly, riding, like getting all his Mission Impossible motorcycle experience. But like, yeah, like. The the motorcycle shit isn't really that big of a deal in the movie. Like there's it's no not. There, there's no scene where he does anything important on the motorcycle. There's just a few shots here and there. It's like, just his mode of transportation. Yeah, like if he had a car, like nobody would. Even if it was a cool car, like nobody would have really remembered it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so this is where we start leaning into Quentin Tarantino's analysis. So, Quentin Tarantino, what we're talking about, for years, he had a a hypothesis of what Top Gun was really about. And he would go around, and he would, like, the Hollywood parties he would go to and stuff, he would tell everybody what he thought Top Gun was about. And he told it so many times, and it got so many people's attention that people thought it was funny. And he kind of kept embellishing and embellishing over the years to the point where... One of his friends was making a movie called Sleep With Me, and there was just an overall party scene where they need a lot of people just talking. There. Like, it kind of cuts around the party, people having random, weird conversations. And one is uh, Tom is actually talking to the actor Todd Fields, where he tells him he, he thinks what Top Gun is secretly about is about a man's struggle with his own homosexuality, and that he thinks that, that Tom's character, Maverick, is being... Ooh, the sign is there. Yeah, for real. It wasn't there when he first got there. It wasn't? Nope. <laughs> but uh, that that Tom is being recruited into a gay brotherhood by Iceman and all his guys. And then, see, like, he just left her house without having sex with her, which he obviously could have. So now she shows up to work dressed like a man. She's got the hat and the, the leather jacket. And she's trying to lure him back. She's like, she's using subterfuge. Is that his jacket? No. Oh, no, he had it on when he left. Yeah. His jacket is way different than that. But, um... But yeah, so he goes into this whole spiel, and like they ended up putting in, and like that that movie Sleep with Me. It is a good little movie. I actually had the Blu-ray of it. I saw it years ago. But that that like speech is like the only thing that anybody ever remembers about that movie. And uh, and basically, yeah, like he really thought that for years Top Gun was a a homosexual metaphor to the point where when Tony Scott ended up making True Romance, which was based on a Quentin Tarantino script. They let Tarantino visit the set, and he got to meet Tony Scott because he was a huge Tony Scott fan and everything. And then he he asked them, "Is Top Gun really about being gay?" And I think Tony Scott had to let him down and be like, "No, we were just, you know." Yeah, I don't know. Like <laughs> uh, the only, I mean, the, I mean, all I knew about this movie before I saw it, 
like I said, was just, like, its reputation, you know? Yeah. And then when Maverick came out, like, again, that popped up of, like, how, oh, this movie is for gay people. Like, it just was, like... The original was gay? The new one. Like, a lot of people were talking about how it was, like... Really? I don't remember hearing that. So, like, a thing, like, that, like, gay people would be, a, gay guys would be a fan of it or whatever. Yeah. And it's just, like, because I want to say they redid the, the volleyball The beach scene. volleyball yeah. scene. So, like, like, that kind of was always, like, a the thing that was hanging over it as well. Yeah. But, like, I don't, when I watch a movie, I, I I'm... I don't think about any, like, I don't think about the reputation or anything because I want to take it in for myself and, like, have my own opinion. And, like, I don't like being influenced by people's, like, perceptions of things. Yeah, Yeah, so, like, I didn't really think about that. But then there were, like, some scenes where, like, myself, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I see, you know, like, I get why people would say stuff like that. Because I wasn't, I'm not, I wasn't thinking about it the whole time. It's not like I was, like... Let's watch this movie and see if there's any like you know homo erotic stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, like not even metaphors, but just the, like the homo erotic stuff or whatever. Yeah. But like there were a couple scenes that I did kind of feel were a little like they were very comfortable with each other, you know, like. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I don't know, like I can't imagine they were making movies like that back then. No. If a movie was going to be gay, it was going to be gay. Like, they weren't, they wouldn't try yeah. to hide it. They were, that's a modern kind of, like, perspective, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta say, like, like I, didn't, I didn't really get any gay undertones in this film at all. Like, I really didn't. And, like, you know, the thing over the years, kind of where that started, that whole gay thing about this movie was, I remember people always saying the beach volleyball scene was homoerotic. But, like, I've never really seen people, like, go play beach volleyball in, like, full three-piece suits or <laughs> or heavy, like, you know, windbreakers. Like, everybody strips down and get down to, you know, what do you call it? Uh, like, like usually beach shorts. I mean, those they were in shorts and Maverick was playing in his jeans. But, like, yeah. I mean, everybody plays beach volleyball shirtless. Just everybody does. So, I mean... And obviously it's a it's a movie and it's like they're going to try and make the stars look good and show off their muscles. I mean, that whole scene was literally just a scene for the girls in the audience. And like, I think that's what people don't really understand because Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, his movies really didn't appeal to women at all. <laughs> but he would always show his ass and show his body to like <laughs> appease the women because they, they always knew that the guys would be you know, dragging the girlfriend along. And, like, in the early movies, he never had a love interest, really, but he would just would show his ass for the women. Later on, once he got to, like, kind of, like, more, like, the the more uh, kind of 92, 93, 94 era of Van Damme movies, they started giving <laughs> him oh love God. interest. Yeah, the way he's strutting around <laughs> with the jacket on. Because she totally says that, like, whatever his theory about the jet or whatever is, like, wrong. And he totally gets pissed. Like, he doesn't even like her anymore. <laughs> And she tries to talk. She's she's like, oh, I I needed to have my professional opinion. You know, people need to respect. <laughs> he's like me. revving the bike. When she's yeah, like, he's like, I can't hear you. He's just revving the engine. <laughs> oh. Flies off. <laughs> there were just so many scenes like that one when I was saying that how he looked good in the in the shot. Like, there were so many scenes where I was like, oh man, this dude's such a hunk. Like, <laughs> yeah. you could totally see like that star quality in him, and that that was one of them when he was strutting out like that. Like, look at him, he's all bow-legged and shit. Like, she she flies through the traffic to catch up on him. 
He's practicing it, his... He's, like, ready to punch her in the face. David Miscavige impression. Yeah. Well, this is... Well, where do you think Miscavige got it? He came out of the theater seeing Top County. He's like, oh, this is how I'm going to run Scientology now. I'm going I'm to be Scientology Maverick now. <laughs> Wasn't he in it by now or not till later? Tom? Yeah. Uh, it was 91, I think, before that, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the person who got Tom into into uh, Scientology was uh, what's her name Mimi Rogers so like I think it was probably like right around this time maybe right after this time it was definitely late 80s but I don't know if he was into it yet mm-hmm. now this is the famous kissing scene we were talking about <laughs> where they finally make love and Tom you like the whole point of the scene is you see Tom stick his tongue in her mouth over and over <laughs> oh my god like they kind of go at it like a couple of like uh like garden snakes sticking their tongues out, flicking back and forth. <laughs> garden snakes? Yeah. You know how snakes actually smell with their tongue? That's what Tom was doing. He was probing her with his tongue. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's, oh my it's God. weird because, like, the way they kiss is just, like, licking into each other's mouths. Like, there's not, like... But, like, a, licking air. Yeah, there's not, like, a lot of actual, like, lip-on-lip action. <laughs> no sucking of lips. No nothing. <laughs> and Tom's writhing uh, very erotically, like he's inserting into her. It's like they were instructed to stick their lips out, too. Yeah. And you know what I think it was? Because Tony Scott had that, um, that background lit, like, yeah, with the, the blue. Like, they wanted to see the silhouette. Yeah. yeah. Now, I was surprised here, like, Tom doesn't just leave a note. He he makes some, like, airplane <laughs> origami for her. And, and, like, it's actually, like, a two-piece origami he makes. She yeah. unfolds it, and there's paper inside of paper. Mm-hmm. thought this was interesting. <laughs> He's a man of many talents. Very odd thing to uh, leave a woman after a sexual encounter. A grown woman. <laughs> Well, because he's a pilot. I feel like this is a classic scene, too, where they're all strutting out. Yeah, when he said, I feel the need, need the need, need for speed. speed. High five. Like, that's just Ow. like a scene just to, like, be cool looking. <laughs> Another famous scene. Yeah. I feel the need, the need for speed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I don't know, like, I gotta say, like, I was I was a Tom Cruise fan as a kid in the 80s. Like, I got off the bandwagon in the early 90s. He started doing some, like, he still did some good movies from time to time, but there was a couple movies that really knocked me off the stink of Tom. Like, the biggest one was The Firm. I remember just thinking it was such a bullshit movie as, as a kid. Well, I wasn't a kid. I was a teenager by the time that came out. It kind of, by the time the first Mission Impossible movie came out, I was really, like, like not liking Tom Cruise and I was tired of hearing about how big of a star he was and like he got yeah, all that mega stardom really started with Top Gun but like like I was telling you like I just was never that impressed with like, Top Gun as a kid I appreciate it a lot more now as an adult it's just more of a fun goofy popcorn movie mm-hmm. but like yeah like I was telling you like and I don't know if any of our listeners that would be my age or maybe older can remember but Top Gun was the first movie I remember it didn't matter what movie theater I went to where it was like for like nine ten months because back then, you would see a trailer for a movie, usually in a theater that would be coming out, like the movie would be coming out like in a month, two months kind of tops in the mm-hmm. 80s. And you like, Top Gun, we would just would go and go, and like, me, I remember me and my dad being like, when is this movie fucking coming out? Because we'd be <laughs> seeing it for 10, 9, 8 months, so it's just like, 
like, you know, whatever date this came, this, I'm pretty sure this came out in summer, I could be wrong, but, like, if it came out in summer, like, I swear to God, we started seeing the trailer, like, the previous Thanksgiving or something, like, it just was, like, constantly, and it was, like, every single time, like, because back then, like, pretty much now, movie chains are, like, so corporate, they'll show you, like, whatever, but you still kind of just see, like, the ones that were going to be playing in that theater, you know, very soon, so, like, you didn't really see the exact same trailers every single time, like, now you do, but, like, I remember just always seeing that Top Gun trailer and being fucking tired of it, and there's always, like, the silhouettes of the planes landing and shit, and I was just like, enough of this already, like, <laughs> but I, I mm. guess it worked, it was a big hit. Yeah, it said he started in 1986. So, so, yeah, like, when when they were filming this movie, probably the year before, he wasn't in it yet, so... Trying to think the stuff he did after this. Like, I did think Cocktail was like a pretty worthless movie when it came out. I was like, because, you know, like, how do you go from making, from flying fighter jets to like making fucking mixed drinks? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, like hotel bars and shit. But like. This came out in May 1986. Yeah, summer 86. Does it have the exact date? Was it like Labor Memorial Day or whatever? May 16. Okay, it was a little bit before. I always get confused. What's the What's the holiday in May? Mm. Is that Memorial Day? May 25th? You think I would know it? We'd always get it off. I don't know. I don't even have it in my calendar what it is. Yeah. And it says we have a holiday, but I don't even have what the holiday is. Yeah. That's so weird. I usually have it. I it's kind of like... When I transferred to my iPhone, I just didn't add the note or whatever. That's weird. Like, I'm Googling it and nothing's coming up. It's like, pretty sure it's Memorial Day. That is so weird that you like Google and not tell you what May twenty fifth is right off the bat. Type in twenty seven. Oh, is that what it is? It's not the twenty fifth. May twenty nine next year is Memorial Day. Memorial Day, all right? I just ruin our podcast not knowing what a holiday is. I thought this was a weird scene where they're all like, like I can't tell if they're in the shower room, but it almost looks like they're all in a sauna because everybody's in their towels at the same day. <laughs> yeah, this is funny, and this is like a weird bit of foreshadowing where, where Iceman yeah. is just reaming Maverick out, telling him how dangerous he flies yeah. and how they. It's just like, but Iceman has no room to talk. I do think it's interesting how much everybody was telling him how reckless he is. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. But he admits it. He knows he was doing some dumb shit. Yeah. And he says it'll never happen again. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't you remember I already talked to you about this? And then you just did it again. Yeah. I'm just still a cocky bastard in an airplane. <laughs> you think you're up there by yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, I know we haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet, but recently we watched three or four Mission Impossible films. <laughs> what do you think of Tom's two biggest franchise characters, Maverick and Ethan Hunt? Like, which do you like better and how do you compare them? 
don't know. It's hard to say because he he changes a lot in the Mission Impossible series, like yeah. from the very first one to like even the newest one. Like he's totally different. But yeah. even in the ones that we've watched, because what we've gone up to what three or four now. Yeah, we watched the first three, and then... What did you say when you saw this kid? Oh, yeah, this little kid on the piano is supposed to be Miles Teller. You said there's Miles Teller. Yeah, there's Miles Teller. There he is. In his first acting role. I don't even think Miles Teller was born when this movie came out. See, like, in this scene, look how... He looks like a little boy. Like, yeah. he looks so much younger than everybody in this scene. Now, did you pick up on the weird thing with Meg Ryan, who plays Goose's wife? Like, she it seems like she has a crush on Maverick. No, I and she just, brags about all the pussy crushes and everything. No, I just got that she just they're really close and they know him. Yeah. And she knows him well and this lady is very uh outgoing and yeah. <laughs> Miles Teller was born in nineteen eighty seven, so he oh. he could not be that child. <laughs> How old do you think that kid's supposed to be two, three, something like that? I have no idea. Yeah. Meg Ryan at this point was the most famous for uh, Amityville 3D. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. You know who else was in Amityville uh, 3D and got possessed by a demon? Mm. What's her name? Uh, Lori Laughlin, the Aunt Becky lady. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine her in a role like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good movie. Like, she plays like the. In true form, she plays like a goody two shoe character. But like, yeah, she gets possessed by the demon in the basement. And she actually has to act like evil. She do- it's weird. She doesn't really act like evil. She acts like spacey. Like she doesn't mm. like like she kind of like leads people to like the pit where the real demon is waiting for everybody. This scene, how you were saying, oh, he's trying to hide the beer away from the, the kids. Like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny, too, though. There's a lot of Budweiser product places. I thought this was a really cool-looking scene here with the sunset in the background and shit when they're on the bike. But, yeah, there was a lot of Budweiser bottles in the bar scene earlier and then in that cafe scene. Budweiser, obviously, was... Uh, that was, like, another thing, too, as a kid. Like, like most movies that have product placement, I always see Budweiser. So, like, I really thought just everybody drank Budweiser. I thought, like, I thought like you would, like, walk into a bar... And if you wanted a beer, all they would have was Budweiser when I was a kid. And, like, you you go, you go and, like, I was, when I started going to bars with my dad when I was probably, like, 12, 13 years old, and he was always drinking, like, Michelob and shit and, like, other things. They just, let you in bars when you were 12? Well, yeah, the ones my dad went to because they knew my dad, yeah. Oh, my God. But um, I probably even went before that, really. But, um, like, when my dad was at home, he would always get, like, six packs of Little Kings that to drink when he ate pizza and shit, but when we would go out, he would get, like, real beer. Hmm. He'd drink, like, three or four, like, Michelobes or something. Um, I, I can't remember. Maybe he drank Dos Equis for a while, too. I can't remember. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, pretty much this whole movie is a, just a airplane training movie. That's, like, another reason why I never really liked it that much as a kid. Because it's kind of, like... I won't say it's monotonous because there's like storytelling wise, there's a different thing going on in like every airplane scene. But um, but it was, I was surprised like at the like the beginning when they were doing a lot of the flying. Like I was surprised how dizzying it was. Yeah. Like there was a lot of spinning and stuff. I was yeah. kind of like, oh man, if this is gonna be like this the whole time, I don't know if I can watch this. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
It's so funny because it's like I know they're supposed to be up in the sky, but sometimes the background looks like a blue, just looks like a straight blue screen. <laughs> because that's what it is. Yeah, they, like they, like sometimes they hide it. Re- it's weird. It varies from scene to scene, but like sometimes they hide it really well, and then also sometimes it's kind of like just obviously like old Hollywood tricks. You know what I mean? But I mean it like just a like a legit CGI blue screen, and they just didn't put the effects on it. Like that's yeah. what it looks like to me. Well, it's like they would do that thing back then where, like, they would, like, in movies where, like, sometimes it would cut those shots, the person's supposed to be, like, outside, and it's just obviously, like, a backdrop with a bright light, and, like, supposed to be, like, sunlight on them. You could tell, like, they really weren't anything. This is the part where fucking yeah. this guy... So, it's oh. like, they're... The, the way the two... The best way to describe it, the way the two... This, I need another 20 seconds. I need another... Oh, my God. Yeah. Everybody keeps telling him, take the shot, take the shot. No, wait, I gotta wait. I gotta wait more. Yeah. Oh, God. But, like, it's basically Maverick is being the wingman to Iceman's plane. So they're, like... The planes are really kind of flying right next to each other. And, like, yeah, basically what happens is, like, Maverick's telling him, get out of the way. Like, you're being a pussy, basically. You're not taking the shot. Like, the plane that they're chasing... Oh. So, finally, Iceman realizes he can't, he's got to bail on it, so he, like, flips out real quick, like, his plane flips out, and what it does, it, it, uh, what do they call it, the jet wash? Yeah. The jet wash, it's like the air, kind of makes, like, an air tunnel that fucks up the airflow going into the engines of Tom's plane, Mm -hmm. which makes, like, the one engine short out, and then they, they lose control, and, like, basically, the plane just starts, like, spinning, spinning around, yeah, like, like round around to the ground, so like they're gonna crash. So they're trying to eject. Yeah. So basically, basically it's the ejection, and it's because like, Ugh. like normally when you would you Ugh. would and then he gets pinned. Ugh. Yeah, and like they're starting to pass out, like they're losing air, and they're starting to pass out from the G force of spinning around so fast, Ugh. and like they're pinned to like the side of the the air the the window basically. Ugh. So the, yeah, when they eject. Like something oh, something God. goes wrong, like goose hit oh, his head hits God. the the top of the cockpit didn't That's blow so off correctly. Gnarly. Yeah. And like it really like his head just kinda cracks open even though he has the helmet on, it's still yeah. the the force of it. So the sound of it too though, like when it's playing, like yeah. the sound oh god. It's yeah. it's really bad. And um so like Goose is dead by the time he hits the water. I mean he just he, his his body was already limp, he was dead. Like shattered his helmet, so yeah. Like I mean, we t- we talked about that, and it just like, it really seems like it's like Iceman's fault that he died. But like, I don't really know if like, that's something that night, you know, ninety times out of ten or hundred or whatever. Like, I don't know if like ninety nine percent of the time, like that would have been fine, or if it was just like a weird thing, or like he really did do it wrong. Or, well, like, like the way that the dialogue that's happening is, they keep telling Ice, take the shot, take the shot. And he's like, no, wait, wait, I gotta wait. 10 seconds, 20 seconds, I gotta wait. He kept saying he had to wait. And then Mav kept saying, well, I can take the shot, move out of the way, I can do it, you know, I'll I'll take the shot. And he kept saying, no, wait, I gotta wait, 10 seconds. Like, he just kept fucking saying, wait. And it was just like... And then all of a sudden, he's like, I can't do it. And then that's when he just flew off. And yeah. it was like, what the hell, dude? Like, you were making people wait and wait. And then Mav was so close to you and like... Yeah. I don't know. To me, I was just like, fuck that guy. (laughs) 
Like, well, yeah, I, mean, I don't was, like him. It was supposed to be that that kind of training exercise was going to be the deciding one to see who would win Top Gun, either Iceman or Maverick. Wow. But the thing about it is, like, Iceman really he kind of like lost his shit. Like he wasn't yeah. cool at all in that. Yeah. Like he really kind of panicked and yeah. like, yeah. That's what I was just like, I don't know. And then they, like, what's weird about the rest of this movie is that they never, no one ever puts any of the responsibility on Iceman. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, no Maverick doesn't does... even really confront him to be like, hey, my friend's dead yeah, because of you. Like... Yeah, nothing. So I was just, I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. I'm assuming they're going to address it in the next one because, you know, that little clip of the scene that we watched yeah. that they played, I guess, when he, yeah, was, on Jim- was, in it, yeah. when he was on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it was a dramatic scene, and I really don't remember what they were saying in the scene now, yeah. but it kind of seems like they might address it in the new one, but, like, I don't know. I thought, I just thought the fact that they never addressed it in this movie, damn, yeah. it looks pale. Yeah. I just thought that they never addressed it in this movie it was strange. Because, I yeah. mean, to me, it seemed like he did wrong. Dang, he really does look pale and red-rimmed. I mean, he oh, he right. got choked out by a crashing oh, plane yeah. and flew into the ocean, so, so he's yeah. pretty fucked up. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like, I don't know. I thought that, that was kind of weird. Yeah, it it is strange, honestly. It was like they just took it like, oh, shit happens, move on from it. It was like, what? Okay. Well, especially at the end when, like... Iceman is like, is like you. You really won my respect. Finally, Maverick. It's yeah. like, should, should Maverick be telling you to fuck off? Like, yeah. And then he thinks it's his fault. I'm just like, yeah. oh my gosh. Kind of curious why they never thought to do a sequel to this. Like at the time, like a couple years later, like that. That that's why. Honestly, like I hate to say it, but like that's why I really had no interest in Top Gun Maverick when it was being promoted and shit. <laughs> I was like, why wait now? Like, why wait forever? And they're like, oh, Tom really flew the plane this time. And it's like, well, who fucking cares? I mean, that's <laughs> What's still the story. Yeah, that still doesn't justify the story. And but you know, and obviously they did the story with Goose's son. So I mean, the fact that Goose's son is in it, they're going to have to talk about it and how it happened and yeah. like, you know. So we we shall see soon. Yeah. He doesn't look tough now. Yeah. Tom's all fucked up. Oh. Gotta go talk to the widow. Well, he has to go to the room and, like, clear it yeah, out. Yeah, get, get the shit. It's messed up. I'm pretty, you can't really see it all the way, but I'm pretty sure that was, like, that famous James Dean poster on the wall. And I was just like, why would either one of these guys have a James Dean poster on their wall? Like, fighter jet guys. Because he was the ultimate cool guy. I mean, he was in the 80s still. Everybody was talking about James Dean. But... Beware of jet blast. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Propellers and rotors. I thought this was funny that he kept his tags. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, don't weird. you think you should give them to the wife? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have his name on them and all that shit. <laughs> shit but... And then he, what he does with them in the end, I'm just like, what the heck? Like, go give them to his wife. Yeah. This is one of the few movies, though, where I, I feel like you see, like, the, the tags that have, like, the uh, the rubber thing around them to stop them from scraping up. Like, every other movie, I just see, like, the metal dog tags just, like, laying on the guy's chest. Yeah. But, um... I wonder if it depends on the branch or whatever. I think it's just, like, a thing to make it more comfortable to wear, honestly. Yeah. Tom's getting some good acting. I'll give him... He got his shit in on this part of the movie. The rest of the part, he just was sweaty and half naked and laughing the whole time. <laughs> he got he got some good stuff in here. Okay, 
some dramatic work in. Yeah. Look at Miles Teller was reading that comic book at a young age there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a good scene. And it, like I remember too, like kinda like the first time I seen it in the 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 I guess the takeaway mm. I had was like I remember like the first time watching it because I like you know like even though you never seen the movie you obviously knew Goose died because it's just joked about nonstop. I actually didn't know that until not not the James Corden thing. There was something else that, or maybe it was the James Corden thing because yeah. he mentions it twice. Yeah, they the, keeps joking in about two it. different skits. So I think that was the first time I ever yeah. knew that Goose died. <laughs> I didn't know that. But I remember, like, because obviously it was, like, a big shock and shit, you know? First time I saw the movie. I remember as a kid, like, feeling like the movie, like, really never recovered from it. Like, it just kind of, like, took the fun out of the movie. Mm. And it just kind of, like... Because, like, really, like, nothing cool or fun happens (laughs) for the rest of the movie. Like, there's no... Like, he doesn't end up really with Kelly McGillis. Like, he doesn't, like, they just... But he saved them from the bad guys. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's just, like, regular shit that you would do. It's not that really... That was heroic. I mean, I guess. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> but it's just, like, I don't know, like, all the fun and shit of the first half of the movie's gone now, and it's just kind of a downer. Because it's serious business. Like, all the flying around on motorcycles, and I feel the need, the need for speed. Like, all that's gone, and that's just replaced with, like, you saved my life, so I guess you can be my wingman. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the way everybody acts like that's, like... Which, by the way, in the Tarantino speech, I love that he changed it to say, like, you can ride my tail hard. (laughs) That's what I thought. I was like, that's not what he said. I know. I was like, what the hell? He says you can be my wing. But it is weird, though, like, all the the taglines. Like, they even make Top Gun shirts now that say, like, you can be my wingman. It's like, I'm sorry, but these dialogue lines are, like, I mean, it's a good movie and everything. You know, it's cool that people remember it and want to celebrate it. But, like, these dialogue fucking lines are, like, nothing any nothing great to be remembered yeah like when you were like the first time when you were a kid and you watched the terminator and you see arnold say i'll be back and all that kind of shit like like that sticks in your head like i'll be your wingman that's just kind of like throwaway shit i never really thought like i never really heard that line I, I, I think ones. I think it's more just recent years where yeah. they try to kind of like merchandise it up and make those shirts and all that shit mm. Yeah, and they, they they show like Tom's trying to finish his training with the new uh, new guy, but like he just he's lost his like kind of like I guess killer edge or whatever. Like he's he just got he, anxiety. Yeah, he flies conservative. He doesn't really want to be flying. He doesn't want to be flying with the new co-pilot that he doesn't like or whatever. No, I thought it was funny because the guys are like flying like the F fourteen Tomcats, and like they have the Tomcat pat- badges on their their flight suits and shit and like i just found that like bizarrely ironic because like mm-hmm. like there was the whole tomcat like <laughs> fucking nickname with yeah. when he was married to katie holmes yeah mm, feels bad speaking of which tom when are you gonna get married again buddy <laughs> it's been too long was was two well i was gonna say two times no three times he said three wives is that is that, was that your limit? You're not going to go for number four? I just don't... I think it's just because people can't handle the Scientology thing, but 
I mean, why can't he, why can't they find a Scientology wife? Like, why don't they find somebody who's already in Scientology? I was gonna say, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just meet somebody normal that's in Scientology. Like, yeah. I don't well, know, like I, why does it have to be a celebrity? I guess she was like married already, but before she jumped out of it, he could have married Leah Remini. But like, <laughs> is it is it really? She never liked him though. Oh, she didn't like Tom. No. Oh, I didn't know that. But um. What's wrong with her? Who doesn't like Tom? Come on. But do you think... Well, because they're told that he's, like, single-handedly saving the world, according to her. No. So, like... I mean... (laughs) That's... I mean... She... You're supposed to be equal in Scientology, but he was always put up on a pedestal. Yeah, he was, like, the superstar of Scientology. Like, I don't even really know much about Scientology in terms of, like the role that Tom plays into it, like, with the organization, but, like, but I was gonna say, do you think it's really, like, like, regular women, like, do you think it's really, like, Scientology is keeping regular women away from him, or is it the fact that he's, like, jumping out of airplanes every fucking 20 minutes, you know what (laughs) I mean? I think it's more the Scientology thing, because that's a very specific way of life, and if you're yeah. not gung-ho about it yourself, then that life isn't going to be for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I really honestly don't know now how involved he is in it, because he lives in London, so I mean... Yeah. Uh, maybe he went over there like to... like he's that close to, like, even Florida. Like Yeah, maybe so. he went over there to get away from it, kind of. I don't know. I really. I mean, I know they have the things all over the world, like their little yeah. buildings or whatever. But all those empty buildings. Yeah, but I mean, their their headquarters is in Florida, and then their big one is they yeah. have that big one in Hollywood. So I mean, the Celebrity Center I think is in Hollywood, but like, I mean, he's in London, so I don't know. I don't know if he just lives there in the meantime while he's making the movies or what. But yeah, I mean. You can't. I mean, I know the centers are everywhere, but I can't imagine that he goes to it all the time or anything. Like, no, I, I would, I would I think know. more than anything, they would like send people to him to do whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't think he has to like go into a church with like a bunch of other people. But I mean, I don't know. I think it's just really the lifestyle. It's hard. If like that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't get why they just don't find somebody who's already a Scientologist. Yeah. And just try and matchmake him with one of those people. Yeah. Because they're already indoctrinated into it, and they'll live the life with him, you know? And they'll do everything that they're supposed to do. <laughs> they, won't, they, won't, they won't be suppressive persons. <laughs> yeah, like, when, you, like, nobody, especially now at this point, no woman actor is gonna go anywhere near him, you know? Because yeah. of the reputation of it, so... Yeah, I mean, I mean to be fair, like I, I think maybe Tom shouldn't really go that route either, though, because like he's he's been married to three actresses already, and they That's, all got yeah. divorced. So maybe, maybe he just needs to find like a traditional a woman. To, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's tons of Scientologists. Like, yeah. <laughs> just find a normal woman. Like, match making with one of the regular Scientologists. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why. Like, they feel the need to put him with a celebrity. Maybe he's just too busy uh, studying psychology or whatever he was getting into a couple years ago. Like, all he has time for is studying uh, psychology and um, doing stunts for the next Mission Impossible. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, like, I really feel like, I mean, obviously, I, like, I mean, I don't really check out, like, paparazzi, but that's the thing, though, there's, there aren't any, there's not even, like, paparazzi shit about Tom, like, he's just yeah. nowhere, like, you just never see him. That's but, why I always said, like, I think he's literally just in his house all the time, so it's like... I don't, I think he's, don't you think he's traveling around the world, like, doing stunts and shit, like, all over the world, and going to different places to jump off shit and stuff? <laughs> just because? <laughs> well... Well, no, the 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 thing we were watching where he's talking about that stunt he did for the new one, he said he did over 500 base jumps. Like, even if you're doing I mean, one, one you a mean day. like training for stuff? Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, Well, yeah, but I mean. Gotta, because, because the, you know, they were getting ready to go film Dead Wrecking Part 2, right? So, like, he's been developing whatever stunts are going to yeah. be in that movie, like, for a year or two already. Yeah. I mean, Mission Impossible is like kind of like his full time career now at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I imagine wherever he goes is very much uh, security everywhere. So oh yeah, I mean, I think he's got a full security. Paparazzi ain't gonna be able to get through that. But you know what's fucking weird too, though, is like, like when I always thought of like when they talk about celebrities that can't go anywhere and shit. Like other than like Elvis, obviously, like, like I always thought Tom Cruise would be like that celebrity that couldn't go anywhere and people would hound him and shit. But then you see, like, all the, the videos of, like, Keanu Reeves just on the subway, and, like, nobody's talking to him, nobody's yeah. bothering him for a picture, like, nothing. Well, he so- says he goes on the, on the tube as well. Yeah, he says sometimes kids recognize him, sometimes <laughs> they don't. Yeah. He just whispers creepily at them to be silent. Shh. <laughs> yeah. And she pulled out her phone and click. Yeah. <laughs> that story was funny that he was Yeah. Talking. I wonder if it's true. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think most Tom's story. I don't think Tom it's ever. It's a good story. Yeah, I don't think Tom ever jumped off the roof when he was four years old. Either. But hey, you never know. Look what he could do now. Maybe the, he, did. he was training back then. Yeah. He he should like rewrite it though to be like like I was four years old and I was watching Mission Impossible on TV and that that I was like, man, I want to do stunts like they do you on never the TV know. show. That story may come out later. Yeah. So this this is kind of a cool scene. Like he like he's pretty much quit Top Gun. Like he's got enough credits to graduate. It's up to whether he wants to graduate or not, or if he just wants to like wash out and quit. But uh, he goes to talk to Tom Scarrett at Tom Scarrett's house, and um, that's when he finally lays the truth on him. Like I knew your dad. I know what happened to him because you know the government won't tell would never tell Tom and his mom what like what happened and shit. Mm-hmm. So like I thought this was a good like way to wrap up the kind of story here. And it's, like, pretty much from this point, you know, all of a sudden there's, like, this military crisis and they got to fly off to go be fighter jets. So, like, at this point, like, the story that you, like, kind of knew or whatever, like, like you were following throughout the movie, like, it kind of ends, like, 20 minutes before the movie ends and then all the rest of it's just going to be, like, action. Yeah, like, I thought, too, like, the scene where he, well, after this, when he shows up at the graduation, like, yeah, I thought that was a really awkward thing too, because he just like shows up, he walks in, he takes that thing that they give him, and then he leaves. Well, <laughs> it's just like, he, uh, yeah, he actually okay. misses the graduation. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're, like they're all sitting around going, like, "Where's Maverick? Is he going to show?" Yeah. And like, he do- and then he just like, kind of nonchalantly strolls in at the end. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, give me my trophy or whatever the fuck shit is." <laughs> yeah, there he is with his Tomcat patch. <laughs> oh, oh for rent. 
that was already there. I feel like it was always for still rent, there. though. Yeah. <laughs> Not the very first time when he went. No. No, because I was looking for it. Did they just, like, reuse the shot? Let's see if it's the same shot. That might be the same shot from when he left the first time. It feels like it's a little farther away now, though. Uh, there were just, like, people. On. But, I mean, they kind of... I noticed. They kind of set up the whole thing. <laughs> I did, like, this scene, too, where he just watched, like, kind of, like, the pleasure of, like, he's just out on the airfield. Yeah. Watching the planes land and shit. He's, he's kind of, like, reconnecting with, like, what he loves about flying. You know, he's trying to get over the death of uh, yeah. his best friend and stuff. You know, he's probably thinking, too, like, Goose wouldn't want me just to quit. You know, all the shit we did together. Just contemplating his future. Yeah. It's weird, too, though, that, like, Adrian Pazdar was, like, one of the pilots, but we never saw him fly a plane, like, ever. <laughs> Like, whenever they were getting into the planes, he was just like, That dude was a hottie, man. Like, what happened to him? Just, you know, his career just never really took off. He did, like, this. He did Near Dark after this. He did a couple other movies. And, like, I would, especially after Near Dark, that's where I really recognized him. And, like, I just always wanted to do more. He had this show on that was kind of interesting. It got canceled real quick called Profit in, like, the mid-90s. I think it was on Fox. But, yeah, like, and then he had that. He had a pretty big part in that show, Heroes, but, like, that's really about it. Mm. And I know he's done a couple other TV shows since then, but, like, yeah. And I can't remember, he was married to some famous country singer, and then they had, like, a bad divorce, and Mm. he was, like, trying to get some money in the divorce, so that made him look bad, and they're just Mm. like, yeah, I don't don't know, it's just, like... I recognize him from something I used to watch, but I just don't remember what it was. Yeah. There's this one dude that, like, it's not him, but I swear it looks like Michael Dudikoff, one of the pilots. The American Ninja guy. Huh. Yeah, they're all standing around eating no doors and shit, and fucking Maverick shows up. <laughs> Fucker's always late. Eating what? Oh, doors. Oh, oh doors. Oh, doors, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Natalie Maines. Ooh, yeah. Who was she, the Dixie chick? Or yeah. What? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, they could, I know that turned real ugly. Yeah. Dude. Personally, I take his side. Yikes. I'll take Adrian Pastor's side over a Dixie chick any day. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no, I mean, you just want her to shut up and sing? I mean, I don't really know what the problem is between the two of them, to be honest with you. I just know he, I just know he's uh was Oh, one. they're not the Dixie chicks. They're the chicks. The chicks are Get it right. Yeah. I remember when they were enemies public number one. <laughs> I mean, it probably is hot in there, but yeah, everybody's sweating bullets in this aircraft carrier. Oh, it says the divorce took over two years as Pazdar contested the validity of a prenuptial agreement and attempted to plead poverty to the court to obtain yeah. spousal support. Yeah, he needed some alimony. Despite reporting over 400000 in income in 2018. <laughs> Well, he, oh, 400000 Woo, big whoop. Yeah, but I mean, actor's income, 400000 is really like 100000 I know, that's what I'm saying. Because your taxes, because you'll be in like the top tax bracket, so that's like basically 40% there. Then you get like 10% taken away from your manager, your agent, like 20%. Like, yeah, like, I think he should get some uh, some money from the chicks or whatever they're fucking called. Says he's in a band. Plays guitar. Yeah, I remember that too. Charity rock band. Banned from TV. Mm. <laughs> That's interesting. 
Yeah. So, like, they're back to the same setting. I thought this was interesting. They're back to the same setting that they were at the beginning of the movie where Tom was. He's back in the Indian Ocean. So I think that's why, uh, going back to the aircraft carrier, that's why they put Merlin with him. Now he's got Tim Robbins with him when he's going to fly. I cannot believe that I did not... Is he... They never show him in the rest of the movie, do they? No, because he's not a top gun. He's just on this aircraft carrier to the beginning and the end. Now, this is the part where Tom's yanking on the missile on the oh, jet. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. It was before he went to... Yeah. Okay. I was so confused. Because <laughs> he, was, he was Cougar's, um, what do you call it, co-pilot, but then Cougar quit being a pilot. Oh, okay, okay. So, and then Goose got killed, so yeah. Tom's the pilot, he needs a new co-pilot. Because the guy that he had filling in for Goose in Top Gun, Sundown, like, that guy didn't go back to the aircraft carrier was it stationed there what the heck it says he played Steve Rogers Captain America and Black Panther yeah it was a cartoon oh yeah it was a while ago I think too 2010 yeah too was that even before the the movie probably right around the same time mm, really yeah cause they're, around the time that like Marvel Studios like they had those Lionsgate direct video cartoons they were making Dang, he does a lot of Marvel cartoons. Yeah, I know he did a lot of voice work. He was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. Maybe that's what I recognize him from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, from recent stuff. Was that the one where he had that stupid mustache? <laughs> there was something we watched where he, Maybe it was Heroes. There was one of those shows he had a stupid mustache. Oh, well, he was in the Grand Hotel show I was watching. That's probably where you remember from. He wasn't really in it that much, though. Yeah. There's them tags. Yep, he's going to hold on to them. Just sweating, just sweating out of the eyeballs or everything. So, yeah, Iceman goes up, another plane goes with them. I think Hollywood is the, the pilot there. And, like, uh, they go up, but, like, they sit... I don't know why they sent up so few planes, but they only sent up, like, two planes to go see where these MiGs are at. Because apparently there's, like, another vessel that, like, lost communications and the MiGs are flying all around it. So, yeah, they got five MiGs on them, and, like, they're they're in, like, disbelief. They're like, how could there be five MiGs? Oh, shit. It's just like, because you only sent like, two planes. out of nowhere. Yeah. Black Panther came out in 2018. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, so the MiGs, like, they're not fucking around this time like, like they were at the beginning of the movie. They immediately take down, um, I think, Hollywood's plane. Mm. It's pretty pretty good special effects here, the crashing plane and all that. Mm. Yeah. And the, and like they actually they actually bail out and they don't die and they get rescued at the end. So they those guys actually don't die. But now it's just Iceman, supposedly the best, the winner of Top Gun, Iceman, and he's mm. just going to get his his asshole chewed up by five MIG planes that are flying on him. It is funny when they show like all the planes, like they look like fucking bees like swarming around. So like immediately like. Like, Maverick was kind of, like, in his plane, just on standby, waiting to take off, like, if they need a backup. So, immediately, they're like, oh, shit, get Maverick up there. So, Maverick has to fly up, try, try to go save them. Like, Iceman's just trying to say, uh, stay there. See, there he is, Merlin. I think they might show him with the helmet off at the end when they all get out of the plane. But it's basically just a big dogfight from here, and... Uh, what do you call it? Iceman shoot, shit in his pants all the time, and the Maverick's gonna save him. And they use every missile, every bullet, whatever. They, they take all these planes down. I think they take three out of the five down, and the other two like fly away, get out of there. Dang, Tim Robbins was born in West Covina. 
Really? That's cool. Timothy Francis Robbins. And what year was he born? 1958. All right, so he was, he was more Kelly McGillis's age. He was older than Tom. Dang, he just got divorced in 2021. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Let's see. I'm pretty sure it's Tony Scott that did that uh, submarine movie with um, Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman. I'm blanking on the name of it. Crimson Tide. I'm pretty sure he directed Crimson Tide. So, like, the all the, the war room scenes in here with James Tolkien, they're kind of, like, training for Tony Scott to uh, do that shit later on. He was in a lot of TV before he was in movies. Who? Tim Robbins. Really? Uh he like, started in TV. Like, was he doing, like, bit parts in sitcoms and shit? Yeah, in 1982. Yeah. He started being in movies around 83, 84, 85, so, yeah. His first movie was in 84. His Toy Soldiers and No Small Affair. Mm, yeah, I think he just had a, a bit part in No Small Affair. Then he had Fraternity Vacation, The Sure Thing, and Howard the Duck before Top Gun. Where Howard the Duck and Top Gun came out in the same year. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I always forget that he was in Howard the Duck. Because <laughs> like, I always think of the movie as just uh, Leah Thompson and Howard the Duck running away from <laughs> the, the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Law. <laughs> you know, I can't remember that guy's name, Jeffrey something. Jeffrey Jones, some shit like that. Principal from Ferris Bueller. Oh, I was thinking of Breakfast Club for some reason. No, that's what's his oh, name. Oh, that Paul. nerd guy. The one that says Bueller. No, that's a no. That's not the principal. That's like the math teacher. Mm. It's like the red-haired guy. Mm. He gets he he gets like taken over, possessed by an alien, and Howard the Duck. So he starts transforming into <laughs> like this monster. And like Howard the Duck and Leah Thompson are like running away from him. One one thing that like is kind of weird is like I think Howard the Duck like wants to have sex with Leah Thompson in that movie like he's always like crawling in the bed with her and shit. I thought it was like that. Yeah, because like maybe at the end of the movie she's like cuddling him or something. She's like, "Oh, ducky!" Oh. Yeah. I think that's another one I can't really remember seeing all the way through. Yeah, it's really good. I loved it. I remember seeing it as a kid. I loved it, and I remember. Because it was like George Lucas produced it and shit. I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. I mean, like, when you're a kid, you see a talking duck. It's like yeah. the best movie ever. People are like, this was a bad movie. It's just like, okay, this was like the era of like fucking ghoulies and all that <laughs> shit. Like, there were so many trash movies out at the time. And Howard, duck is, Howard the Duck is like one of the movies that like... It is funny, though, that like George Lucas had the pick of like the Marvel Studios characters. And he's like, I want to do Howard the Duck. <laughs> I think this this whole part is like scary. Yeah, it, it, it is good, and especially like one thing that like just on a filmmaking level, like watching this, like you can tell this is like the old analog era of filmmaking, mm-hmm. and it's like really good. Like the kind of shots that they'd have to do to cut this together to make all these like battle scenes coherent like it really is a good filmmaking job because it's it really like some of the shots it's like only like two seconds here two seconds there of a plane flying this direction flying that direction and but they really you know with the writing and the dialogue or the the pilots in the copy like they do do a good job of um not leaving my wingman yeah 
Yeah, Maverick's willing to die here to save Iceman. Do it. Yeah. Fire. That is one oh. thing, is, like, the shots of them firing the missiles, like, like I'm, I'm curious how they did it, because it, 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 those look like the full-scale planes. They don't look like models, and the rockets shoot off of them. Hmm. Yeah. Iceman, Iceman gets pretty shredded with bullets, so he doesn't, I don't think he takes any missiles, but his plane gets pretty shot out with bullets. Which, like, like you know, the old Red Baron days with those propeller planes that were going hmm. slow, I could see them shooting like machine guns at each other but it's pretty amazing that that jets that go this like fast could actually still shoot bullets at each other like that mm. like whenever i watch this movie i always think of gi joe because i was like the cool g and i had it too the cool gi joe the f-14 tomcat fucking jet i got it for christmas one year it was awesome it was just like the ones they fly in this. Even had the wings that like had like a little lever on the top of the plane. You pull them back, and the wings go from being straight out to angled back the way they do. <laughs> Which like I don't think they really ever show that in this movie that the the wings like angle back when they take off. I think it's cool, like how at the beginning of the movie, or I mean not the beginning, but once he goes to Top Gun, like they show them doing all those training things and just doing like fake sh- you know, fake shots or whatever, and like. Yeah, you know they're not really shooting. Yeah, it's just like laser. And like here, it's like it kind of is like cool and that like you see him that he's actually shooting things now. Yeah, because it's like, it's like oh shit, this is real. Like it's like they're really like you know killing people now. Like it's crazy. Yeah, and even like all the spins and shit they have to do to like dodge the bullets. Yeah. Yeah, like it just seems so like you can't believe he's actually having to like do stuff now for reals it's not training (laughs) one thing that's weird too though is like i think the new one kind of got criticism but even this movie it's never really like clear like what country it is that they're fighting like yeah i was gonna say like where are they supposed to be from yeah because i mean like all this is happening over the indian ocean but i mean that's like you know they even set up that the planes are coming from wherever. But, like, yeah, like, I never understood if it was really supposed to be, like, the Russians or who. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think Russians were the ones who used MiGs the most as planes, so I just always assumed it was them. But, like, even then, it was, like, it was, like, they're playing diplomatic with, like, the country. Because, like, back then, they would always be, like, the terrorists are from this country. That, like, they weren't afraid back then in movies, but this is, like, the first movie that tried to be kind of diplomatic about it. <laughs> yeah. Now you have to, because I, I think even the new, oh. the the Top Gun 2, they get really, like, super generic, too. He wants to do another flyby. Yeah. He's, he's like, you know, I gotta celebrate the flyby. They're like, don't do it, Maverick. We're <laughs> we're, we're pouring this coffee right now. You better not fly down here, because if he does, we'll oh. spill it every... Here, sir, here's your coffee. Right, I know you like to have coffee, sir, as the planes uh, come to land, so here's your <laughs> cup of coffee, sir. Whoa, I spilled my coffee again. <laughs> and I love how it's like, the, like, at least it looks like the same guy that was like... I know. At the training school, and now he's just out in the Indian Ocean. I know. It's really goofy. <laughs> Maverick. I like how they stencil their names on the side of the planes. I thought yeah. that was cool. So this is this is it. This is where they're going to jump out, and like Uh-oh. I thought, it was like super like happy ending here that they show like oh, and here's this rescue helicopter and the other pilots who got shot down. They're coming out too. 
That when he does that reminds me of the thing that he when he was on Oprah show he was doing that same thing on the show where he's like pumping his fist. Yeah, he's like yeah, yeah. This is where he starts getting really like goofy, laughing like Tom Cruise, like Oprah couch jumping <laughs> shit. He's like uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the guys yeah. got shut down. They're all happy to see Tom. And now Iceman uh-huh. confronts him. He, this is where he tells him the classic line that they print on all the the t-shirts so you're still dangerous but you can ride my tail anytime ride my tail hard Tom they're just buddies they just love each other now and hug yeah yeah whoa whoa dang somebody just stole him away Rick Rossovich yeah stole him out of the shot according to Quentin Tarantino this is where they're trying to get him to go the gay way right here but um, no, they already won. He did go. He he did, yeah. Because Kelly McGillis is nowhere in sight on the ship. Like he's just with the boys now. Now this is the scene where we wrap up the whole movie. But he throws uh, oh my god, Goose's dog tags into the ocean. He <laughs> stole just, them like... away from his widow. <laughs> now he's throwing. It, it really does make no sense why you. I would have like... been mad at him. I'd have been yeah. like, man, I wanted those. <laughs> yeah. Why I mean, you give them to wouldn't me? you at least want his like baby son to have his father's yeah, dog tags? Yeah, like he's like. So, like, like maybe that would be like no, the whole. No, I would want that. <laughs> maybe that would be the plot of two. He's just like, you kept my dad's dog. He's like, I didn't keep him, son. They're in the bottom of the Indian Ocean. You better grab a fucking snorkel if you want to find those fuckers. But uh, it's gonna be hilarious if he actually has them. Yeah. Tom's like, I realize I made a mistake. And, <laughs> I went after this. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, he's puffing smoke in his face. I know. They do, they do like CGI de aging. They go back to that moment where Tom throws him in, but he's like, "Oh shit!" And he jumps in. He starts swimming in the bottom of the ocean. Oh man, maybe I should give him to his wife. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I never thought of that. Oh. I was just too busy trying to win the love of Iceman. Yeah. Fighter Town, USA. Yeah. So they kind of wrap it out, wrap it up by saying like, "Oh, like Tom, you can go be a pilot anywhere you want. You're so awesome." He's like, "I think I want to be an instructor." So like. They kind of he's said like, it, I don't want to fly anymore, even yeah, though I love it. They kind of set it up that he's not going to keep, like, fighting and blowing people up and shit. <laughs> so, like, then he's just hanging out at a bar, drinking beer, and then all of a sudden, the, the romantic comes song comes on the jukebox. He, he said, what? Huh? I love how he turns around, like, it's not just like, oh, that song is playing. He turns around like there's a fucking ghost in the bar. <laughs> he's like, holy shit, what happened? And then, yeah. And then like, he puts his jacket over his shoulder. Yeah. Like a model. He's so spooked, man. He's looking at all around this bar. Where, where, where is this ghost that he's played this? He's looking for her. And you think he's really going to expect her to be there? Maybe he expects Goose to be there. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking for Goose. Yeah, Goose is the the, the see through hologram ghost of Goose is going to be seeing <laughs> oh, the sun. He senses her. Yeah. Oh. She's there, but she's got the her leather jacket back on. So yeah. She's she's pulling him back from the uh, the gay way, according oh to God. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. I I, I liked it a lot more than oh, the last appearance of Tom's teeth. Yeah, before he got his perfect <laughs> Mission oh Impossible God. chompers. Yeah, I wonder when he gets them fixed finally. <laughs> well, you, you know what's funny is I remember there was a time period where he had braces in the nineties. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's oh. that's I was I was thinking like how did he get it? Like they're so shifted to the left, his oh. two front teeth. 
But I do remember him having braces, so that's how he like finally actual, got fixed. Like actual, like the metal ones? The metal braces, wow. yeah. I remember him having And them. he had them in movies and everything? Not in movies. I don't know when he did it, but mm-hmm. I, I saw him give interviews and shit with the braces on. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I had mine for like, I think at least two years. Unless he would just get them taken off when he would film a movie and get them taken back on. Oh, that would that would damage your teeth. Because well, it's like cemented onto your teeth. I think it was more like the 90s, though, when he had them. It wasn't, like... Maybe he didn't do movies for a couple of years. (laughs) Because Tom Cruise's teeth were severely misaligned, he had to get braces first. Tom Cruise had braces for his teeth around the time he was 40 and reportedly opted for ceramic braces. (laughs) These type of braces are usually color-matched your teeth, so they're not very visible. That must have been before they had, like, Invisaligns or something. Yeah. So, if if Tom huh. was born in, I think, 62, so around 2002, he had them. Huh. Yeah. I don't really think, because when I was in high school and I had them, that was late 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Invisaligns weren't... weren't Thing, what is think. a what? What really is it? Is Invisalign just a retainer that you take on and off, like right before you eat? They like, claim that the that retainers and Invisaligns are different. Yeah, I because like, I mean, I don't really know the technology behind it, but like Invisaligns, yeah. yeah, they're supposed to like straighten your teeth. Yeah. Whereas retainers are just they're supposed to be in the way that your teeth should be already so like yeah. it's to obviously retain them to keep them in the same spot that they're supposed to be yeah but like i i mean like i really don't understand like how how invisaligns shift your teeth like that's why yeah. i, if, I the, was, if they're on your if they're already like fitted to your teeth how are they pushing them back yeah, yeah like i don't i don't i never understood that so yeah, yeah i don't know but I've seen people that have them, their teeth get straightened. So yeah, I guess they work. They work. <laughs> I just don't know how. The, um... And then there's that, what's that weird thing? Smile Direct that tries to be like the low budget visual. Yeah, yeah. They, I think there's a few of them now, because it's just, it became a common thing, so... The people want it, yeah. Yeah. So... We gotta end this episode by thanking Tom. He saved movie theaters in the movie industry last year with Top Gun. Mm-hmm. It's the only movie to gross a billion dollars last year. This year he did it again. He came back with Mission Impossible. He saved the summer box office. It was the biggest hit of the summer. Mm-hmm. It's all Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is all anybody can ever think of. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all, like okay. the, with the movie season, just everything. It's just like, mm, okay. it's going so, it's going so good. Um, Unfortunately, there, there's a there's a actors and a writers strike, so yeah. Tom can't do Dead Reckoning Part Two yet. But he's mm-hmm. going to end that. He, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the one who ends that because he needs to get back to work. Because I mean, Bob, Bob Iger doesn't care because Bob Iger he started the strike and he's just like collecting uh, ticket money at Disneyland. But uh, so he doesn't really care if they make another because all because like that was kind of like the scorched earth of the strike was Bob Iger brought it on because all his movies flopped so he was like hmm. well why am I going to like 
you know, keep making movies when they're just all going to flop. Like, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just create a strike so we won't have any more flop movies anymore and our ticket, you know, our, our stock price will go back up because we'll be selling all these cheap tickets at Disneyland. Um, but I think Tom would be the one who, who brings common sense back to Hollywood because if, if you don't have any more movies coming out to the theaters, how are you going to sell the popcorn? People, people ain't going to sell. Like, I, for real, I saw an article that, uh, I forget, like, where it was but like cinemark uh did a thing with a delivery service that they can just start delivering the popcorn to your house now wow so yeah so you they know they know that their time up is was showing movies is going like it's going to run out there ain't going to be any movies Mm. left for a while so you know and like like if if you have like a really good movie that has really good word of mouth nowadays you're lucky if you get six weeks of good box office Mm -hmm. So if you just got the same movies playing for six months, like by the time you hit like month three, like you're just gonna be playing empty theaters, you know. Can you imagine how weird that would be if a movie stayed that long? Yeah, that'd be so strange. I remember they used <laughs> to like if a movie was even a halfway hit, it would be out for at least like three or four months. Like with Star Wars, how it stayed out for like years or whatever, yeah, however long just it kept was. Playing. Like, that's yeah. strange. Like, I can't even imagine what would do that now. Like. Yeah. What kind of movie would, like, garner that kind of attention for so long? I mean, the only thing I can really think of is Top Gun Maverick, because they re-released that, like, seven times, like, whenever the, (laughs) whenever the, no, they did, whenever the, because Disney did it, too, with, I think, the first Black Panther, they wanted to reach, like, 700 million or Mm. some shit. So they just kept re-releasing it, and like every time they release it, they get like another four million. I was like, okay, oh now now after another month, we'll release it again, and it'll be like another four. But Tom kept doing it like they the way they did it is they just told the theaters like whenever some shit like flops and like mm-hmm. the business is lower than what you thought it was going to be, like just play Top Gun again. That's how they kept doing it, and then they also kept bringing it back for different holidays. So it was like, it came out in the summer, it played, blah, blah. and then they're like, Veterans Day is coming up. It hasn't been in theaters for a couple of weeks. We'll put it back in theaters. Like, that's how Tom got the box office. So I, and I think, I, I I told you this the other day, but like, because Mission Impossible is like kind of going away now, and there's like all these new movies coming out, pushing out, but they're flopping. Mm. So like, with with um, uh, Last Voyage of uh, Demeter, totally flopping. Mm. And with Meg, Meg 2 start out strong, but I think it's dropping off pretty quick. I think a lot of, and, and then that Will Ferrell d- talking dog movie, Strays, is going to bomb really hard. I think, like, they're just going to bleed screens and then bring Tom back in, like, a month. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, Tom, I mean, I don't even think we could have a movie industry anymore without him. Like, when he gets too old to, to make Mission Impossible, I don't know. Like, I feel like we're going to be fucked, like, really. Well, he's going to make the movie till he's 80, so yeah. it'll be a while. I mean, I, I think... I mean, I think he'll be making them past that, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. But, um... Because he'll stay in good enough shape. He can at least do the running scenes. <laughs> He's still going to be running at that age. Yeah. Maybe not as fast, but he'll still be flailing <laughs> his arms and shit. But, um... He doesn't flail. He, he goes He goes... Yeah, he, he gets, like, he real runs in a straight. very cartoony-like yeah. way. Wee, 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 wee. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he'll be running all that. So, like, I, th- I think this will happen. So, I mean, I think probably he'll keep the movie industry going for another five years. And then, like, I don't know. I think it will just shut down. And, like, we'll just go back to, uh, like, radio dramas and shit again. I, I mean, like, seriously, because it's, like, 
I just don't get, like, those movies that you just said. Like, I mean, I think the Demeter movie should have come out around Halloween. So, I mean, I, I kind of get why that didn't be, you know, isn't going to do that well. But, like... Even, like, September would have been better. Yeah, but, like, Strays? Like, that's, like, a kid's movie. Like, and that can't do anything? Like... Well, no, it's rated R. It's not oh, for kids. Oh, is it? Yeah, like, oh, okay. like the dogs. Because it's, like, when I was a kid, they I used to make all those... Like kids those talking dog movies where they didn't really talk. You just heard their thoughts or whatever. Yeah. It's like that, but, like, they're going to be saying fuck and everything. Oh, I thought it was a kid's movie. Nah. Well, see... Like that. It's just like, adults don't want to see talking dogs. Like, why did you do that? And people really don't <laughs> want to see Seth Rogen's Ninja Turtles. Like, that, God, sh- that shit's ugly. Yeah, oh, that God. shit is a heart on the eyes. Yeah. But what was the other movie you said? You saw, I thought you said it. Meg 2. Yeah. It dro- that, like, that dropped off real quick. It's a water movie. It's summer. Like, how, like why? Like, what? I don't know. I can't even talk because I don't even understand it. Like, I, but you, what you, do you need to be entertained during the summer if not a, a shark, shark movie? movie? Like, give me a break. Well, you know, you know, it's funny. I, I wish. I, I think they would have done better if they would have opened because they opened like a week apart. That in the last voyage of Demeter, because like they could have done an ocean double feature. They could have done Last Voyage of the Meg. And I then, mean, forget all the gimmick shit. We don't yeah. need gimmicks. I mean, but that's the only th- thing people like, though, is the gimmicks. The going, if if you like, why see one movie when you can see two and, and make memes out of it? You know what I mean? I guess. Like, if so- that's the way you have to advertise your stuff, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, if, if it sounds so stupid to say, but I guess it is. It's like I don't. I don't really get why that shit excited people so much, but it did. Um, but I think Meg just did bad because, like, I mean, they promoted it, but like, they, like it was Warner Brothers as well, so they were like, like, we really got to be pushing this plastic doll movie still. And it's like, I don't think people will ever get over the plastic doll movie. Like, I think that will actually legitimately play in theaters till Christmas. But I mean, it's fine. Like, okay, like whatever. Like, love the shit out of that movie. Okay, fine. Yeah. But like, also, it's summer, and there's yeah. a shark movie out. Like. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, well, like, what more do you need? Like, I don't get it. Can't you take a weekend off from going to see the, the Plastic Doll movie, see the Shark movie, and then the following week go back to see the Plastic Doll movie again? You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. I don't understand humanity anymore. I don't understand what what people want. I don't understand what makes what entertains people. I don't understand like what joy people get. Like I don't either. I just don't I'm so baffled by that. And like if I think too much about it, it just depresses me cuz it's so like there's just no joy in life anymore and like I don't want to think about that. So I don't. But well, you, you it's know, just like I don't understand it at all. Like I'm just so baffled. You know, I mean obviously bands play concerts all year long cuz there's smaller indoor v- venues you can play, but for the most part summer was the big like uh music tour season. And um and like, you know, cuz everybody would play the amphitheaters or if you're big enough like Metallica, you could play the football stadiums which weren't busy cuz there wasn't football during the summer. But, like, this year, it was, like, aside from the Metallica tour people talked about, but other than that, like, all anybody could talk about is just Taylor Swift. Like, everybody, even yeah. people even people who don't like Taylor Swift and would never go to a Taylor Swift concert, all they could talk about was Taylor Swift concerts. It's, like, everybody just wants to be in the, like, everybody. Like, you can be 30 years old, 50 years old, 80 years old. Everybody's into the same shit, like, the same 
individual man, thing. Woman, man, child. Yeah, free. Fit, what do you call it? Uh, for all ages, fits all demographic. One size fits all. One size. That's what it is. One size. One size fucking fits all. I'm, I'm not into that. I'm just like. And what's worse about it is that, like, this one-size-fits-all stuff, I'm yeah. usually not the audience for. Like, yeah. I usually, both of us, we usually don't like this, this stuff that's one-size-fits-all, so yeah. it doesn't fit us. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Like, I just don't I mean, like, it. like, obviously, I, like, looking back on it, I wish I would have gone now, but, like, when my, when I was, like, 12 and the Rolling Stones came and played the the Reds baseball stadium, Riverfront Stadium. Like, I didn't want to go, and I didn't go. My parents went without me. But it's just like now, it would just be like, honey, pack up the kids. We're going to see. <laughs> it's just like, and like, like, like you, would, you would have like a kid in a car seat bopping their head to Taylor Swift, and the dad is singing along to Taylor Swift driving the car, and the mom is fucking hanging out the window screaming at Taylor Swift. It's just, it's just everybody loves the same shit. <laughs> And I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with it. That's just not, like, the natural order of the way shit used to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, dude, I mean, by all means, like, this world is a miserable place most of the time. Find your happiness. But it, but it's like, but, but what do you do if, like, you grew up loving music, you learn how to play guitar, you're a singer-songwriter, and your name doesn't have to be Taylor. So just what do you do? Like, you don't make albums? You don't have any fans just because everybody wants... And they're like... They're like, oh, like Taylor Swift could play five concerts a night for the next 200 years and it would never satisfy the demand of the billions that want to see Taylor Swift. And it's just like, how do we, how did we get to this place? It's like, I understand Taylor Swift is probably better than and bigger than Elvis ever was or the Beatles or just anybody, but it's like, Taylor Swift can only physically be in one place at one time, like given a concert, you know what I mean? Like... Mm. Like, like if Taylor Swift is, like, doing a concert in Arizona, don't the people in New York want to go see, like, a concert, like, on a Saturday night? Apparently not. Apparently they'll just sit in their house and, and buy their $4,000 tickets and wait for her to come to their fucking city. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm already tired of hearing her name. Yeah. In this conversation. Yeah. Right. It's time to give it a rest. It just, it's just, like... Uh, That's how I am with all this stuff. Like, and the same thing happened with, like, the stupid double feature thing. Like, yeah. you would talk about it all the time, and I'm just like, I don't want to hear about that crap. Like, I just... <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Like, if I want to watch those movies, I'll go watch those movies, yeah. and I'm going to watch them separately, because what a fucking dumbass double feature. Yeah. But I'm just not into, like, stupid social gimmicks. Like, yeah. it's just so Like, uh, what do you call it? Instagram picture? Like, you take it's the picture pointless. of the theater. There's yeah. no common sense to it. It's just like, look, just because it's zany. And it's just like, you mean stupid? Like, it's just, I'm just not into that sh- stuff. I'm just like, I have a brain. Like, yeah. I, you know, like, that stuff doesn't work on me. I'm not, like, I don't know. Spe- speaking of, speaking of, uh... We might as well wrap this up by saying where we're going to be in about 72 hours oh from now and what we're going to this be doing. This is the zaniness that it drives us to. Yeah. We're going to drive an hour away to go to a theater because it's bigger than the one that's down the street from us. Yeah. And we're just literally going to go watch movies for like 24 hours. Yeah. It's like everybody flexing their big fucking 
pink nuts about a double uh, feature. Oh, you it's never been done before. People have never seen two movies in the same day. Or the, or like the fuckers that would like go to one Friday, go to one Saturday and be like, "I did the double feature." That's not a double feature. All right. Is we're, we're like Robert De Niro in Deer Hunter where they want to put two bullets in the guns and he tells the fuckers, "No, I do three bullets. Three bullets. Put three bullets in the gun." <laughs> we're doing triple feature. Considering four, I think, right? Yeah, we're considering four. <laughs> Two double features, yeah. I guess. No, we're doing triple feature, and then we'll just do a mop-up the next day. Which, <laughs> I don't know what the fourth movie's going to be. I wanted it to be Tom, but he's not in the theater right now. But no, so... <sighs> and these are not Twitter, meme, Facebook-approved movies. We are doing the movies... No, we're going to go drive an hour to watch all the movies that everybody fucking hates. Yeah. So we're doing... Because that's how we do. That's how we roll. I think it would be in this order, too. We're going to do Meg 2, Last Voyage of the Demeter, which we are doing the nautical double feature <laughs> that is not Instagram approved. <laughs> then we're going to go check into our hotel, get some dinner, and then we're going to go back to the theater for a late night fucking... Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle, baby. he's coming. He's coming. <laughs> Give me that DCEU... We will be there opening Supposedly. weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Slash Halfway, DCU. Parenthesis, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Maybe, sort of, kind of, winking. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we are going to be at the ground zero of the billion dollar beetle movement. We are, we are helping Blue Beetle on the march of being the next billion dollar grossing superhero film. And I'm going to see my favorite comic book character of all time brought to life on the big screen by george lopez of <laughs> uncle chewy oh my god he's gonna be hilarious he's gonna be cracking me up i'm gonna be spilling my popcorn everywhere like oh tom was god. it's gonna be great <laughs> oh my god i want to i want to get some of those weird like roasted nuts or whatever they had at that theater i don't know if they still have them oh, wow. do you remember that they had they had that case there that looked like it had some roasted nuts or something no yeah We'll see. So we we will be at the Tinseltown Theater triple feature. Now, <laughs> meanwhile, people will still be fucking posting the leftover f- fucking photos from the fake double feature they did <laughs> fucking six weeks ago. And we, while everybody's like, remember this memory of three weeks ago? We'll just be living it. And like, we won't post one photo from the... We won't be... Bra- other than this podcast, because this is where the people who are really... In the cinematic no go, like this is the only confession we will ever make about our triple feature. <laughs> yeah, like I was thinking maybe the the when we wake up in the morning before we drive back home, like maybe do strays, but I don't even know. I'm like I'm not that sold on that movie. Maybe there's something else we can figure out. But either way, that's it. We're we are sending summer movie going season out with a bang. Boom. We're, dro- we're dropping the classic Tom podcast, and then we're hitting the theater to be there with the big bucket of popcorn, just like Tom was. To watch the movies on the big screen. On the big, as Tom says, on the big screen. Thank you for coming to the theater. You know, they should just have him do like a video. Well, which I guess maybe with the actor strike, you're not allowed to do the shit. But he should do like the video thanking you to come see Blue Beetle. <laughs> Because like oh Blue Beetle came after his movie, they're not competing. He can he can thank you for coming. <laughs> they keep theaters open. So yeah, so I'm pretty I'm pretty much predicting because I don't think anybody can outdo Tom when it comes to box office. 
I think 2023 top grossing film is going to be Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Number two is probably going to be Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, that just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of the worthless plastic will melt in the late summer sun. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so anyway, that's it. We hope you guys had a good summer uh, movie watching season. Uh, we'll be back with some more uh, worthless podcasts soon. Guess what's coming? Halloween. Halloween's coming. Yeah, I know Halloween's coming because I spent about three hundred bucks on Michael Myers t-shirts <laughs> the other day. Can never get enough Michael Myers t-shirts to sit in the back of your closet and never get worn. <laughs> and I have a lot of them. Um, so I'm anyway, raid your closet. Yeah, start putting them on. So anyway, thanks for everybody listening, and we'll catch you back soon right here in the movie graveyard. Because the whole idea, man, is subversion. You want subversion on a massive level. You know what one of the greatest fucking scripts ever written in the history of Hollywood is? What? Top Gun. Oh, come on. Top, Top Gun is fucking great. What is Top Gun? You think it's a story about a bunch of fighter pilots? Yeah, it's about a bunch of guys waving their dicks around. It is a story about a man's struggle with his own homosexuality. That's it. That is what Top Gun is about, man. You've got Maverick, all right? He's on the edge, man. He's right on the fucking line, all right? And you've got Iceman and all his crew. Right. They're gay. And they, are, they represent the gay man, right. all right? And they're saying, go. Go the gay way. Go the gay way. He could go both ways. What about Kelly McGillis, right? Kelly McGillis, she's, she's, she's heterosexuality. She's saying, no, 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 no. Go the normal way. Play by the rules. Go the normal way. And they're saying, no, go the gay way. Be the gay way. Go for the gay way. All right? That is what's going on throughout that whole movie. He goes to her house, right? All right? It looks like they're going to have sex. You know, they're just kind of sitting back. He's taking a shower and everything. They don't have sex. He gets on the motorcycle, drives away. She's like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on here? Right. Next scene. Next scene you see her. She's in the elevator. She is dressed like a guy. She's got the the cap on, she's got the aviator class, she's wearing the same jacket that the Iceman wears. She is okay, this is how I gotta get this guy. This guy's going towards the gateway. So I gotta bring him back. I gotta bring him back from the gateway. So I'm gonna do that through subterfuge. I'm gonna dress like a man. Alright? <laughs> that is how she, she she approaches it. But the real ending of the movie is when they fight the Migs at the end. Alright, because he has passed over into the gateway. They are this gay fighting fucking force, alright? And they're beating the Russians. The gays are beating the Russians, alright? And it's over and they fucking land. And Iceman's been trying to get Maverick the entire time. Finally, he's got him. All right, and what is the last fucking line that they have together? They're all hugging and kissing and happy with each other. And Ice comes up to Maverick and he says, Man, you can ride my tail! And it's time! And what does Maverick say? Maverick, you can ride my sword bike! Sword bike! Sword bike! Fucking it, man!